GothicMedia.com presents Consumption with hosts P.G. Holyfield, Chooch, Viv, and Christiana Ellis. Well, hey everybody and welcome to episode 14 of a little show we call SpecFicMedia.com presents the Consumption Podcast. Uh, today is Wednesday, December 4th, each week. Yeah, each week or however often we can get together, uh, our four hosts talk about uh, the media we're consuming, and when we can, we have a guest on that can talk about uh, not only what they're consuming, but what they're also creating. Tonight, we have a special guest in Mr. T. Morris. Hi. How are you doing tonight, <laughs> Mr. Morris? I'm, you know, I actually had to drink a cup of coffee to to make sure I was, I've, I've been up for this because I, I, we've rescheduled and rescheduled and I, I've been looking forward to this, but uh, right now my, my contract gig is, uh, it's tearing the life out of me. It's huge. I do not know how you did this once upon a time with a two hour one way commute. I oh do. yeah. He still does it, baby. I right. don't know why. You, I don't know why you're doing it. it I mean, you know, I, I know it's not because the pay's good. Cause geez, I mean, <laughs> oh, but, um, but yeah, so uh, so that has been that is that has dramatically crippled my uh, my my consumption time. Although I am managing to make some time for stuff, and uh, some of it's some of it's geeky, some of it is not. Uh, we can talk about it tonight. We will. That's we why will. we're all here, right? We're all here. <laughs> Absolutely. To, to well, he's trapped in the limb. Um, joined by full crew this evening our our regular round table of hosts we'll start tonight with mr chuch schubert how are you sir i'm very well thank you awesome hope you had a good holiday you and viv oh yeah yeah we had a very i heard the weather was lovely in asgard (laughs) lovely in asgard Hi, Viv. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. I'm. Awesome. We did have a nice restful holiday. Awesome. And Miss Christiana, my my PlayStation Four <laughs> play partner. Yes, except I haven't been I haven't been able to do um, as much as I would like because I keep having to like go out of town and visit family for holidays uh, and stuff. That's just crazy. That's that's such a waste <laughs> of time. <laughs> This weekend well, too, my company's holiday party is in Reno, and they're flying me out there. They're flying well, you out to Reno for a party? Cool. Wow! Well, they so usually you. fly me to San Francisco, and so Jeez. everything uh, wow. having it be in Reno this year is weird. Oh. Oh, well, well, no Need for Speed uh, rivals this weekend. Then, oh well, we'll mm. have to do it again. Well, if get I get back, good Wi-Fi, but... maybe I'll try doing the remote play from across the country. That probably <laughs> that, won't work very well. That but... would be that would be quite the uh, network connection for you. Uh, no yeah. lag on that. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, PlayStation Four uh, since that's been out for a while. Good, because I'm, um, I'm I'm taking notes. I'm all right, notes. very good. Um, for those that are joining us, hopefully tonight with Mr. Morris here. Um, our show, we talk about the media we're consuming. Uh, depending on the topic, it's not a spoilery uh, discussion up front. We usually do our spoilery talk at the end. But one of the topics we'll be talking about is uh, the Doctor Who 50th, 50th anniversary special. And 99.9% of people that were going to watch that have already watched it. So I don't feel bad <laughs> talking about anything that happened in the episode Uh you know, during our main discussion. Um, 
We do love audience participation. If you're watching live on uh, YouTube or Google+, uh, if you're on Google+, there is a Q&A app that should be up. You can ask questions. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, uh, one of us is usually monitoring the comments there so we can pull I've got questions. them up now, although the uh, this is the first time that I recall that we've done this since they actually changed the comment setup. So now it's all the Google Plus integrated version. So I've got it up, but it's weird looking now. So I'm hopefully that'll still work like it's supposed to. Well, I've got the Q and A part of it up here, so I can I can follow that. But I usually don't watch the the. If someone YouTube named PJ Valentine or NZ Bard pops in, tell her to behave, okay? Oh, well, sorry, <laughs> go away. No. Uh, Paulette, uh, Paulette Jackson's Paulette in there. Jackson though. says hi and hello all. So hi, Paulette. Hey, Paul. Um, and then after the fact, so I won't have to repeat this later uh, when I usually forget to, uh, we have a, a voicemail line. If you want to call with any comments or questions, we can throw into the next show. It's 704-981-1736. It's 1SFM. Uh, you can email us at consumption at specficmedia.com. And if you leave any comments after the fact on after the episode on YouTube, we will... Uh, pull them into the, the next show as well. Um, we can start. Actually, let's start with a little bit of news, uh, which will lead into some of our big uh, lengthy discussions. Ooh, uh, nice. ooh. Uh, I guess start with a sad note. Paul Walker, uh, best known from the Fast and Furious movies, uh, passed away uh, in, a car, mm -hmm. in a car accident. Uh, he was not driving, but... Uh, Died in a, some say, an ironic way, but um, you know he was, from all all accounts, uh, that he it was in all those car movies, and then he died. Oh, okay. Okay. Not okay. Not, <laughs> not in an ironic way, but um, I was just. Oh, see, okay. You said ironic. Somehow, out of that, I got erotic, and that's why I <laughs> felt like I needed to say. And that's, I was Excuse me. Really... What? <laughs> Was I was really ironic. fighting saying anything because that's what I could tell you were thinking. Uh, I was just like, <laughs> he died in an auto erotic manner. Yeah, I, I was about <laughs> to make that joke, you know, too soon, not for us. Anyway, you. death race. Yes. Um, uh, one thing I did read today, though, that I thought was uh, pretty classy is that the uh, producers or the company behind uh, the. Fast and the Furious movies, they're going to be donating a portion of their proceeds from the uh, Fast and Furious 6 DVD release uh, to Paul Walker's charity, which is sure. Reach Out Worldwide, uh, which is a, a relief organization uh, that uh, he founded. Um, in better news, uh, in the Israeli actress uh, Gal Gadot, who uh, is best known for... I've never seen before until all day today. Yes, <laughs> but she's actually in the fa last three Fast and Furious movies. Um, <laughs> wow. She really has uh, been cast as Wonder Woman in the uh, uh, Batman versus Superman movie uh, coming out in wow. 2015. Uh, very Did pretty lady. Change? Uh, I don't have a picture. I could, I'm sure if, if Chooch pulls up what, a picture of her, we could throw her up on the screen if I uh, want to do that. But she's... Uh, she's gorgeous. She's very gorgeous. Uh, I mean, she doesn't look like you know super 
athletic from like the pictures. I mean, she she's uh, very pretty. Well, lady, you know, but I'm sure there's time I'm she sure. might bulk yes. up a little bit. Yes, but uh, I'm know, disappointed some... they didn't go with the uh, the the actress who was in uh, the Thor movies who played. Um... Oh, uh, so, yeah. Hmm. Well, that would be crossing the streams like a little bit, wouldn't it? <laughs> it, w- it would. It would be crossing the DC, the the DC uh, Marvel streams, but at the same time, she had the look and the tood of Wonder Woman. Um, I just looked at Thor: The Dark World as her audition reel. Why they, why <laughs> DC didn't jump at it? Because they need a kickstart. They desperately need a kickstart. DC, I well, see, I almost, I'm, I almost feel like a kickstart is the wrong thing because I think they need to slow down because. It seems to me like, and I'm I'm hoping the movie is great. I'm definitely going to see it. So I mean, take so take the rest of this for with a grain of salt. <laughs> I feel like this idea that they're jumping into Batman versus Superman, and now there's going to be Wonder Woman, and we're hearing that maybe there's going to be a Flash cameo or something in there too. I'm just starting to feel like it feels like they're forcing it right. in a way that. Avengers didn't because each of those characters had had their own movie. The difference that. is, though, is that Marvel took that Chooch time. It took three out. years to Early build that. Lady. Yeah. And, I mean, the I, I don't think DC is going to slow down because if you think about it, uh, DC doesn't want to slow down. They, you know, that, and it, it was because they didn't slow down was why Green Lantern was what it was. Mm-hmm. I think Ryan Reynolds was a decent, I, I, I'm, I think he was a decent Green Lantern. He wasn't mm-hmm. a good Hal Jordan Green Lantern. Um, he was more like Kyle Rayner. That's that's what everybody says. And uh, when I when I went back and started rereading some of the old Green Lanterns, I'm like, yeah, they should have gone with Kyle Rayner. But they were they were trying to stick with Hal Jordan. But mm-hmm. you know, it, well, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I can see why they would want to. I I liked that movie okay too. But I I feel like. Um, the the villain was just the weakest part, you know, like both sides of it, both you know. They the didn't Hector know who. They, they didn't know the, who was the villain. They really didn't know. Yeah, who the it villain was kind was. of just a mess. It was, you know, yeah. almost as bad as the uh, the Hulk movie with that weird, oh, he's my dad, except he can absorb <laughs> things now and turns into a giant whirlwind at the end. It's like, yeah. what? Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I, tr- I try not to think about that. Trying to. I can't stop. Yeah, yeah. Well, I agree. I agree. They, um, you know, they they have said in the past, you know, they were trying to work sort of that same Marvel magic and and build up to a Justice League, and now it seems like, well, you know, instead of having a Wonder Woman movie, you know, and build that character, we're gonna throw her into this movie, and well, we mm-hmm. can't use Chris Nolan's Batman, so we'll you know have another Batman and throw him into mm-hmm. the movie. So it it does seem. Uh, that they're going well, a different direction, and like and, Christiana, I definitely hope yeah. they they that this turns out to be as uh, as good as it could be. Uh, I, I'm yeah, I'm I'm hoping it's good. I'm I want it to be good, but I will also say I've not been the biggest fan of Zack Snyder in the past. So yeah, I'm yeah. a little wary. I we think we will have to agree to disagree. Yes. Oh, well, we've had that conversation. Yes, we have. Yes, we, we have. Had have. <laughs> conversation about Sucker Punch. <laughs> yes, we have. Yeah. So yes, agree to disagree. I think he he <laughs> because he if we get started, has... we're gonna we're just gonna be talking about that for the whole show. <laughs> uh, There's no question he has he's uh, he's very talented in in many respects. I you know and there's just whether he's as well rounded is the only question. Mm. 
I, I, I we could talk about Sucker Punch because I, I did like that movie a whole lot, but uh, um, right, at least it didn't bother me as much as a lot of people <laughs> did. A lot of people, but um, oh, we have a picture of Gal Gadot. I'm just guessing the pronunciation of her name, um, <laughs> but uh, yes, very very pretty. Mm-hmm. She was Fast and the Furious. She was in the a Miss World pageant at one time. I think I read. So, uh, and has done yep. a lot of a lot of acting, mostly in Israeli movies. But again, the Fast and the Furious. Uh, she was in Night and Day. Oh, I like that one. So. <laughs> and you like the Google Images page? Oh my yeah. goodness! Hello. <laughs> um, moving on. Uh, this isn't a speculative fiction show, but it has a lot of uh, actors and. Creators, uh, Frank Darabont's next uh, show after um, The Walking Dead, when he helmed that, the, the or ran or was the showrunner for that, the first first season. Um, his show Mob City starts on TNT. Uh, it has Joe uh, John Barenthal uh, and Jeffrey Demun from The Walking Dead. Yep. Uh, Neil McDonough, who's one of my favorite actors, uh, he was in Justified and a show I really liked that got canceled after one season called Boomtown. Mm-hmm. Um, Milo Ventimiglia from Heroes. Swoon, uh, swoon, swoon. <laughs> another one, another one of my favorite actors that just never, never had really good movies to work with. Uh, Ed, <laughs> Edward Burns uh, is playing Bugsy Siegel, and uh, the guest star for the first, well, either the first one or two episodes is Simon Pegg playing a dramatic character. This is a dramatic show about. Uh, the mob in Los Angeles in the 1940s, supposed to have an L.A. confidential type feel, uh, Just Chinatown, that type mm-hmm. of show. So, mm-hmm. uh, really looking nice. forward to uh, at least giving that a try. Yeah. Um, I, I need to give that another look, I think, because I don't know, like... It has a great pedigree, but I see the commercials and what my brain defaults to is that looks too much like Boardwalk Empire, and I'm already watching Boardwalk Empire. Huh. No, and actually, so, I was uh, thinking like, about I was thinking about another. Um, this will take this will take us back. Do you guys remember um, Michael Mann's follow up? A lot of people. It was it was basically his follow up after he had launched Miami Vice. He did this uh, show with Dennis Farina called Crime Story. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah, and I like Dennis yeah, I didn't see that yeah. show. And um, it it uh, it had a tough time. It was trying to be, it was trying to be Miami Vice, but it was trying to be Miami Vice meets L.A. Confidential. And um, and that when I when I see the the, the stuff for Mob City, that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm seeing. Um, my only problem is, um. I'm worried that that these type of intent. I, I'm I'm starting to call them intense dramas because <laughs> they they they're getting so heavy that after a while you either want to take a nap or you just want to you know like watch a Disney movie to cleanse yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll give you a good example. There was a uh, adventure was, time here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, there was a there, there was a show. I don't know if it is um, if it's if it's if it got a second season or not, but it was on AMC. I think it's called Low Low Winter Sun. Low. Or, mm, yeah. It was on after Sun. Breaking Bad this past last, right. the end of the last right. season. Uh stars uh that terrific actor. I love him to de- I love him to death. I'm trying to remember is it Mark, Mark Savage? Strong. Mark, Mark Strong. Strong. Thank you. Mark Strong. Very good. 
I mean, he, he was in the aforementioned Green Lantern. He was a good Sinestro in a bad in a bad Green Lantern movie. Um, he was in Stardust. He was Septimus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first uh, Sherlock Holmes movie. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was gonna watch it, but Pip said, "Don't bother." And I said, "Why?" And she said, "It's so bleak." And and I said, "Oh, come on! How bleak can it be?" And she said, "It makes The Walking Dead look cheery." And I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know. That's, I mean, I don't mind intense, you know, like an intense hour of television, but if there isn't like some levity to lighten it up, uh, and and I don't see that in, um, in mob city. I just don't see that levity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you, that I was reading a preview or, you know, review of the first couple episodes that someone got to watch before it's, before it's aired. And, uh, they actually brought up that show you were talking about, um, saying that, you know, that, that, um, after seeing the first couple hours of this show, that um, having one of your main character, the John Barenthal character, is a policeman, uh, and he has to take a like a security job, security guard job as well, to um, to try to uh, make ends meet, and he, he's you know presented with you know moral choices right away, and it's like you have these shows where your protagonist has, is you know dark. And that seems to be the norm now, and 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 the person reviewing it really liked the show, but they they were wondering if that if that's going to be a, a a negative in in the end for that show. Mm-hmm. There's so many uh, shows already like that that it's kind of like it, it, it. We do take adventure time breaks, or we take a Doctor Who break, which you know could either see, send you giggling or sobbing in another direction. <laughs> Um, or Gravity Falls is another one that we cleanse the palate with. <laughs> um, what do you think about Steven Universe? That's the newer one that plays after Adventure Time now. Uh, we watched it together, and we bo- we both had the same reaction. We were kind of like, no, I see it, but yeah, we've already got so many cartoons. It is When you're 44 and you have to say that, you kind of really say that to yourself. <laughs> it was cute, but... but then I, I, I like went, it. It's so sweet. It's I went and sweet. rewatched it, the first two episodes, and I think it's pretty awesome. I'm trying really hard not to put it on the DVR because really enough cartoons, you know. Well, like this, the most recent one I especially liked. Um, uh, basically, there's a girl that he likes, and he's so nervous um, to talk to her, but then he sees that like a rock is going to fall off the cliff from her because there's been these earthquakes which is a whole other subplot but anyway so he goes and jumps to save her and that's when his magic power activates because again Mm -hmm. he doesn't have very much control over it and it makes this bubble force field that saves her from the rocks um but then he can't turn it off and so now this girl that he was so nervous (laughs) to even talk to he is trapped in this bubble with her i haven't seen that that is so cute (laughs) it was pretty charming when i went back and watched Mm -hmm. it chooch I it is yeah I think it takes a little while to sort of figure out what it's doing but I I it's just it's adorable. It to me it was like a uh, I don't know it was too similar to a couple other shows. Yeah, just watch that. Yeah, but I mean, how many? There's what like eight episodes of Gravity Falls, and we've seen them each like twenty times. True. You know, (laughs) okay, I think to let some kind of just go to. You know, first run only, finally. You know, I think mm-hmm. I've got, finally got an, as much. I'm so torn between the characters that I want to do for a costume pair. 
between, and they're so absurd, between, um, bless you, bless you. Zoom oh, tonight. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, I went on a tangent. Where'd PG go? Did you see that little moment of excitement where he kind of bolted around and took yeah, off? Yeah, he's like, oh, they're talking about cartoons. I can get out. <laughs> they're going to be talking about that for an hour. So what is being watched cartoon-wise at your place, T? Nothing, actually. Zero? Zero cartoons. Uh, it's just been... I mean, it, we, we really haven't had an opportunity to, to relax with, uh, with, with the animated stuff. I, uh, PJ Schneider is trying to, is trying to get uh, Serena onto uh, some... Um, uh, the boom. She's trying to get the boom onto some, uh, onto some anime. And I'm all I'm all for that, but I just I mean just sitting down and you know trying to clock in time, cl- trying to clock in time for any of these shows. I mean we're 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 just trying to keep up with the shows that we want to we want to track with, mm-hmm. because the uh, the deadlines that we've been on of late. I mean currently we're on a we're on a deadline right now. Uh, we need to have turned in by January first the fourth book in the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences series, and. That's a wonderful problem to have. Congratulations. It is. It is a, yeah. it is a wonderful problem to have. Yes. Um, <laughs> and the thing is, it's been, it's been hard trying to get to that point because we've been dealing with the edits for the third book. A lot of stuff got, mm. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but a lot of stuff got pushed back. Um, we're still, we're still aiming for the March release, but all this stuff is being put off and put off and put off. And it's been, 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 um, been a little it's been a little a little bit of an uphill battle and especially with the the contract gig that i've got right now um i'm being very very careful in how i spend spend the downtime you know am i supposed to be editing book three must be working on book four am i supposed to be working on this new material that i'm Mm -hmm. trying i'm trying to farm out so when it comes to the to, to just consuming of any kind of media um presently we have to be very very picky and i think we've picked well I think we have picked well. Um, what we're watching is, uh, hmm. well, we're watching some, we're watching some sci-fi stuff, but we're also watching. There's a new, sh- there's a new show on right now on on the ID channel. We usually have the ID channel on as background noise, but now they've got something on that we we kind of dig. It's called A Crime to Remember. Uh, I don't know if you guys watch the watch the ID channel at all, Mm-mm, but on I don't a- think so. On a crime to remember, they basically pick a a crime from the fifties or sixties. So basically, it's like you're watching an episode of Mad Men, but it's docudrama Mad Men. I mean, they're actually doing they're doing reenactments of famous uh, of famous or I should say infamous cases from the fifties and sixties. Um, but then to give it to, to give it that extra little little, little something, um, Allstate is sponsoring it. And what they've done is they've restored a whole bunch of their old ads from the 50s and 60s, and they play them as ads for Allstate. So you don't see mayhem. You see a couple of guys, you know, one of them smoking a pipe and going, hey, Bob, how's that new car? You know, and it's that, that it really is. It's, it's ingenious how, that, that how they've restored these commercials. And it's like, you know, that's all I have to do. That's all you have to do. You're in good hands with Allstate. I mean, but but because you're watching this uh, this period uh, uh, crime documentary, you don't care. You're just, you're rolling with it. Um. So yeah, that's been that's been fun to fun to watch. Um. But yeah, it's been it's it's been real hard just trying to to to, to get um. I guess uh. Any kind of downtime, 
you know, any kind of downtime, especially when, when, when I get home from that commute, I just, I just kind of stare at the screen and I go, yeah, I'm going to bed. And so, so, you know, when, when I'm hearing you and, uh, when I hear you, Christiana and, and, uh, uh, PG talk about how you can't get to the game console, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I know that feeling. I know that feeling all too well, but, uh, so no cartoons, no cartoons, but other stuff. We are, we are, we are making time. It's just hard to make that time right now. You have to have priorities. Yes. Work should be at number one, and I'm glad to hear that that's where it is. I was yeah. thinking science fiction dramas. <laughs> oh, yeah. That too. That too. Yes. Uh, one thing I did want to, if, we, if we're done with that topic, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, did not have a new episode this week, but last week they did, and we didn't have a show last week, and... It was actually an episode that I almost liked. So I was very happy. Uh, it was it was a scary episode. Would have been very good for a for a near Halloween. Uh, you know, they thought uh, the guest star uh, young lady was uh, telekinetic, uh, but it turned out to be another character and uh, had good character development with Melinda May. And um, the only thing that I'm 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 a little worried because, um, you know, Sky is, is she's supposed to represent sort of our window. You know, she's like every man. Uh, the outsider that comes in becomes part of the group, sort of like uh, Coulson in the in the Marvel movies. He sort of represents us and, you know, with all these superheroes around him. And um, she's just so damn annoying at this point <laughs> as a character to yeah. me anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. the whole fact that that they represent what she did and she's still part of the team and not, not thrown out. Uh, but then, you know, just the way that she, she reacts in scenes and stuff is, uh, um, you know, problematic as a, as a character in, in my view, as far as enjoyment, but she's, uh, um, uh, but the show, I thought, I mean, I thought that was one of the best episodes, better episodes. And so give it even more of a chance now. That yeah, was good. Yeah. It, it's it's I don't know how, but it's it's almost falling into um like a oh of course that's exactly what they should have done with this episode is given us something with May to like and latch on to because they've made a point of us not being able to sympathize or empathize or anything with her at all so far and it's like yeah that's the perfect time as a plot yeah that's a really yeah. perfect time for it and I guess I wish that there it had less polish. I think it's a little too polished for me to really be enjoying. There's no rough edges. There's no, you know what I mean? It's mm. so Britney Spears it's, shiny. It's under, it's under the Marvel brand, though. That's, I mean, I, think, I mean, we've we've only seen the first two episodes, and we want to get caught up with it because mm-hmm. we're hearing a lot of people hate all over it. And I'm oh, no, going, well, there's no. <sighs> I, my expectations are too high. That's the problem with yeah, it. Yeah, that's my, what I'm saying. I'm Everybody's ex- expectations were high. Of it. Movie up here, TV exactly. show gives us down here weekly. Right. You know, which it's is television. cool, but it's television and it's episodic. And I think that's, and mm-hmm. I, th- I think that plus you're adding on to it. You're not just calling it Agents of Shield. It's Marvel's yeah. Agents mm-hmm. of Shield. Mm-hmm. So not already just putting the Marvel label on it. You know, it's like it's like the union label. It's like the geek union label. You know, you. Your 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 expectations are You're a little, are a little yeah. Whereas the cut some the, slack because it's eight p.m. prime time family right show instead of like it's ten not p.m. sophisticated yeah 
Whereas I think everybody's expectations were, okay, there's going to be a lot of lens flare and this is going to be a bit (laughs) like watching Star Trek Into Darkness. So, you know, how good can almost human be? And now we're all sitting around going, holy crap, this is great. Oh, you guys are on almost human now or i think I, t just uh, left us over like i was surprised if we had shifted over but yeah we we, um, we don't have to shift over yet i'm just gonna say foreshadowing foreshadowing oh sure sure no i'm i'm up for talking about almost human um but uh just on agents of shield i'm i'm still liking it you know maybe not loving it but yeah. i like it yeah and uh um, still on the dvr i'm certainly gonna keep watching it and it it feels a little bit to me like, well, you know, I mean, this is fitting, I suppose, but I, I read a bunch of comic books and there are definitely comic books where I like the character enough that occasionally, even if that particular book is doing a story arc that I'm not fond of, I I keep reading because I figure, you know what, I want to know what's going on with this character even right. if I'm not loving every single issue right now. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what it feels like to me is like, I want to keep up on what Marvel is doing. Even if I'm not necessarily absolutely in love with every single episode. Yeah. Yeah, I agree because hopefully there will be, you know, obviously they're crossing information from the movies into the TV show and they'll probably do that, you know, from the show into the movies because why not advertising? <laughs> Yeah, like for a, their own brand, like a, like a massive, like a massive universe where, if you know, there's it, it's you're you're just dropping, they're just dropping Easter eggs all over the place. Yeah, which, which I think can mm-hmm. be kind of cool, so long as they can keep track of it. I think they can. I think Disney they can. Man, they do it. Yeah, I just uh, I think you know I've had problems. I've said on earlier episodes, you know, I've had problems with some of the writing, some of the editing, some of the. Mm-hmm. Overacting in places, different things, but I thought this was a really good episode from you know all yeah. all sides, and hopefully it'll it'll continue. Uh, we have not we had not been able to get to almost human because we were off last week, and uh, so very happy to be able to talk about it. Um, Christiana, you seemed very eager. What do you think about <laughs> the show so far? I like it a lot. Um, which is not quite the same as saying I think it's perfect, but I feel like the things that are not perfect about it are things that they can work out as they go. But what it's got that a lot of shows might have trouble with or never attain is a great cast that has good chemistry with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's got a premise that obviously I think, is, you know, it's it's well-suited for interesting near future spins on classic police procedural types of stories. I mean, there was one episode where it was just straight up diehard. I mean, it was not even subtle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so, that's, that's um, awesome. <laughs> but at the same time, I think, I think that that's one of the, the strengths of the show's premise is that they can do just about any kind of story. And then the script will just be about, okay, well, how do these characters do in that situation? Mm-hmm. And the characters are interesting, and I love the cast, and so I feel like the show has got a lot of potential. And then some of the things that are a little weaker, like some of the plotting isn't great. Um, and uh, and one thing that I saw Jared Axelrod uh, mentioning on on Google Plus is that the setting does feel a little weird. It feels like you know generic Meta- Mega City One 
You know, it's like it's <laughs> it's um you know, like there you don't if some of the culture feels painted on rather than real organic from the setting. Mm-hmm. Pip read it. Like, Pip read a, a a really nice summary though, and I think this is true. She said that somebody called the the critic was calling almost human the Blade Runner bromance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah. But it's so funny I'm, you should. It's funny you should mention Mega City One because uh, this past weekend you were talking about con- consumption. We went on an entire Carl Urban kick because <laughs> uh, we were because uh, it's me, PJ Schneider, and and Pip. We we basically watched an almost human. Then we found out that uh, Carl Urban played Cupid in um in in the the Xena story the Z, the the, the <laughs> Xena series. So we dug up on Netflix an old Xena with Carl Urban as Cupid, and then we backed that up with Dread. <laughs> we watched Dread, <laughs> and then to wrap up the evening, we we uh, we rented Doom. Because he's oh, in wow. there. Dune? Oh. Or Doom. Oh, okay. yeah, it's been a while. And, and you know, I I honestly I thought the movie, I thought Doom was a lot worse when I first saw it. I watched it and I was like, you know, this ain't that bad. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not okay. great. You it's, know, I mean it's a high cinema. But they, yeah. they, it knows they, what it's trying to be and it right. accomplishes that goal, I think. Yeah, right. but Except when they went into the first person perspective. Oh, come on. Oh, that was so <laughs> no, no. That was just so goofy <laughs> fun. They had to. No. They had to. It was, I, I loved it just because it was how goofy it was. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad exactly. that wasn't the whole movie. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, um, I've been very, very impressed with Almost Human. Turns out the guy uh, who plays Dorian, he's actually from the Silver Spring area. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and he's... Uh, he's quite good. I mean, he could have played the android in so many different ways, and I like the way he's playing him because he's not playing him quite fluid human, but you can tell he's awkward. It's it's almost like he's a he's a grown child. Mm-hmm. It's it's not only it's not only a Pinocchio. I've been turned into a real boy, but okay, we're gonna turn Pinocchio into a real boy, but we're also gonna make him grown up at the same time. Because he has this really kind of childlike wonder about how he looks at things. Well, and, and I, I don't know if you've seen the most recent episode, but there's a point where he's getting the crap beat out of him by another android who's much bigger oh, than he is. No, I haven't seen this one. And the expression, and the expression on his face is he's he's annoyed. Like it doesn't <laughs> hurt because he's not feeling pain in the traditional right. way. But this this thing is just mopping the floor with him, and he's and he's just got this look like. Ah, <laughs> you know and and it's 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 great it's funny <laughs> yeah, but yeah he's doing really well with that and and uh i saw an interview with one of the producers that said um one of the things that they will do once they feel like they've established the premise a, a little better you know with these first you know five or six episodes is they're definitely planning to explore more of this idea of not only what was it exactly that went wrong with the Dorian model generally, but also a reminder that he, this is not even his first time being turned on. Like he right. actually had been in the field once before and was decommissioned. Uh, so why was that? What happened there? Right. Right. Yeah. I've been impressed with the show as well. And uh, I think that Fox has made a, you know, they, they have really made Monday night a good, good night for them with sleepy hollow and this show. 
Um, I, right before, I think like uh, iRobot is playing on HBO or something, so I, I caught it half of it or something, and I was just uh, and then seeing that and you know seeing how the different uh, treatments of androids and and mm-hmm. as characters and, and yeah, I too have really liked how they they've uh, handled that in the show and uh, um, and not one bit of lens flare. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you, it, it's funny, Carl Urban has really grown on me. I mean, mm-hmm. it's he's almost becoming like the the well. I mean, I I, I was kind of force fed Carl Urban because he's a New Zealand native, so I had to hear everything from Pip about him. <laughs> but I really did not like Carl Urban when I first saw him on the scene. I did not well, care for Carl Urban. He was um, he was like one of my favorite like Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> secondary characters. Yeah, uh, but the funny thing was, I didn't realize that was Carl Urban until I until yeah. the camera caught him at just the right angle in uh, the Two Towers, and I'm like, oh my god, that's Carl Urban. Mm-hmm. But the movies I had seen him beforehand, he was in the the Bourne Identity sequel, which escapes. Is it, was that the Bourne Supremacy or was that the Bourne? The Bourne Supremacy. Yeah, I just pulled up his IMDb. Yeah. yeah, I did not care for him in that, and then I saw him right after that. I saw him in um, the Chronicles of Riddick. And mm-hmm. then I saw him in something else that just made me go, man, this guy just can't act. <laughs> uh, he was, uh, well, so he was also on Ghost Ship, which mm. is another yeah, one of those I mean, movies where, like, awkward. You, you can, everyone, you can watch the first 10 minutes of that and then stop. That's fine. That's the only good stuff in it. <laughs> but, 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 then, but then the thing was, the thing that turned me around on him uh, was when I saw him in Red. Loved oh, really? him in Red. Not Star Trek? Well, I saw Red first. Oh, okay. And then I saw him in Star Trek, and I'm, I was expecting him to do a DeForest Kelly impersonation. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, I was like, wow, he's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I heard this great story, and I hope it's true. This is the movie I, I want to see. I don't want to see The Chronicles of Riddick. I want to see this movie. It turns out that apparently um, Vin Diesel was teaching the cast how to game. Mm-hmm. And in between takes... It was Carl Urban, Vin Diesel, and Dame Judi Dench going on dra- on dungeon crawls with Vin Diesel as the DM. Nice. I would watch that for two hours before I would watch uh, the Chronicles of Riddick. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I just had this picture in my head of saying, uh, you know, of, of the director going, Dame Judi, you're you're needed on the set. Do you mind? <laughs> I'm in the middle of a crawl here. I gotta I gotta make a saving throw. Hold on, you know. I just got a critical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I can just hear Vin go. Vin go. Oh damn, that wasn't a good throw, was it? Was it? <laughs> you know, I mean, just you know, but uh, but but Carl Urban's good. He's he's good stock, and lately he's just been. I I personally think he. He should have got more love for the Dread film because uh, we rented it on a whim to see if it was any good, and I was stunned at how good it was. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. then we got the Blu-ray, and I've watched that Blu-ray like three times in a month. I just feel, you know, I, I just suddenly go, I'm feeling a kick. I need to watch some Dread. And <laughs> and I think you need what it some is, Carl Urban up in I, this yeah. joint. What? You need some Carl Urban up in this joint. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, when you think about it, he had more range uh in 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 dread 
just from seeing this part of him than yeah. Stallone did to the entire film that he had with the helmet off. That's why I always have to laugh when people say that. He was so good. He was so good. And it's so hilarious to say. But, I mean, it's kind of like you look at the difference between what he did with it and what Christian Bale does with it with the Black Knight. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah. like night and day. Yeah. It really is. It really Personally. Is. Yeah. Uh, T, you were talking about having your Carl Urban weekend in uh, my continuing efforts to bring dark Kim over to the dark side. Uh, <laughs> you know, she's she's a she's a dork but you know trying to get her to full-fledged geek status um we watched uh shawn of the dead and hot fuzz um yeah so um, i watched the world's end with my uh my mom and stepdad over thanksgiving weekend and they loved it and she's and kim is a little like viv as far as like gore and and violence but you know she 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 took uh she had those, both those movies and, and loved them. And then for uh, some reason it's different gonna, with those movies. Yeah. Mm, the humor makes it acceptable. Yeah. But we're going to move over to, uh, instead of the world's end, we're going to watch Paul, even though it's not a, um, yes. you know, it's not Edgar Wright, but still it's, that's, mm-hmm. we, we watched that when, uh, Chuch and Viv were in Charlotte last time. And, so uh, fucking funny. It was much, much better than it had any right to be. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll so give you another we'll one to watch one. too. We, we we watched it on a whim. Uh, we, uh, uh, Pip and I, we, we rented um, uh, This is the End. Yes. Mm-hmm. And wow, <laughs> that was fun. We had yeah, so, watching, w- watching and listening to little Emma Watson drop the F-bomb. <laughs> yep. I, I mean, she stole that movie. Yeah. <laughs> she stole that movie. And then for, and then for that, uh, that, that one dude from Eastbound and Down go, we just got rolled by Hermione. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Chuchin Viv has been waiting for me to to find the time to watch that. Really, it's yes. quite good. Dive into that. So I really that think happen. that at this point you have waited so fucking long that you now have to wait to see it with us. <laughs> that's that's, that's fine. That's fair. I will, so I will do that. So it's gonna be a shot like a throat shot like a punch to the throat if you see it before we see you next you have to see it with us like when i dragged you to see scott pilgrim right yes exactly like that (laughs) you literally guys they literally had to drag me to see scott pilgrim and it was worth it it was was so worth worth it 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 was the night before a blender con and i was like are you out of your fucking minds i'm trying to (laughs) make my first ever cheerpumple you dickheads (laughs) <laughs> and we saw it, and I thanked them, and I bought the soundtrack on the way home, and I bought a trip, baked a trip humble that night. <laughs> it's awesome. So, I was doing- I, I, you know, I completely off topic. It was because you mentioned Scott Pilgrim, and I it made me think about Chris Evans, and then I started thinking about this. I I really am impressed at how far Chris Evans has come. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I loved him in Scott Pilgrim, because it looked like he was making fun of himself. But the only thing I had seen of Chris Evans before then was the Fantastic Four films. Right. And it's it's almost painful for me to watch him as Johnny Storm, because yeah. I'm like, you're not Johnny Storm, you're Steve Rogers. And he makes he makes a better Captain. I don't know how he did it, but I mean, it's a credit to his talent. He makes a better Captain America than he did a, a Johnny Storm Human Torch. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. And I just did, um, I saw part of Captain America on cable and it happened to be the last time it was viewing and I had seen it before, but I just kind of glazed out over the whole thing. Didn't, wasn't impressed with it. 
And uh, I was out at Paulette Jackson's house, actually, and she has it and played it for me. And his performance in that just totally blew me away. He yeah. was so good in Avengers that I wanted to give him a second chance anyways. And then seeing it again, it is just fantastic. I just loved that movie to death. And, he was so amazing. And Chris Evans, best cameo ever in a yeah. Marvel movie. <laughs> because yeah, because well, because when you think about it, he was he was actually playing, he was actually playing Captain America, as seen by Loki. Mm-hmm. And damn, I mean, I was howling. Of course, uh, the boom was with us, um, and she was just eating it up. She just ate it up. She just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So what um, happened just there was that T swung us over into Thor two territory. Yes. Yeah. You see what I did there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, and, and, and I, I got to get, and you know, since we're talking about it, that's the thing is that, see, to me, the two, the two easiest cells were, well, I mean, uh, yeah, the two easiest cells were going to be for the Avengers were going to be, you know, Iron Man and the Hulk. I, I really did like uh, Ed Norton's uh, Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. But then you got Thor and you got Captain America. And I'm like, how are they going to make these work? And um, I was I was really impressed with Captain America, but then I wasn't surprised because then I found out, and I didn't realize this until afterwards, I didn't realize that Captain America was directed by Joe Johnston, mm-hmm. who shot one of my favorite films, The Rocketeer. Mm. So he knows how to shoot something to make it look like that period. Um, by the way, blink and you almost miss Clara in the opening of, uh, of Captain America. Um, mm. Thor was going to be... T- yeah. Thor was going to be a tough sell, though, because I've never liked Thor. I always thought of him as being the, uh, the, 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 the beach blonde muscle guy who you know, just takes himself way too seriously. And I thought Branagh did a phenomenal job. And I didn't realize it until afterwards, but it turns out Branagh and Hiddleston worked together. Uh, they, did a, they did a cop show together called, uh, called Wallander. Mm-hmm. And it's on Netflix, and it's, it's a good show. Dark. It's dark, but it's good. And and mm-hmm. you, you may not recognize uh, Tom Hiddleston because he's got this kinky blonde hair, this real you know tight curl blonde hair thing going on. But uh, but now he's and he's great in it too. Um, but uh, but when they but when but with Thor being as good as it was, I was like, man, what are they going to do in the second one? And I was so impressed with the Dark World. I was mm-hmm. so impressed with it. Um, well, everybody you just got, like the extra got, Idris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Driss. Yep. Well, <laughs> we like to call him this house Luther. Hang on, hang on. Oh Lord. Talk about talk about consumption. Chooch, I highly recommend this for you, Chooch. Yeah. Oh. This is this is the so soundtrack easy. for the first two seasons of Luther. Cool. And it's produced by Idris Elba. He's nice. he, that that's his that's his gig. Not only is he the leading man in, in, in Luther, he picks all the music. And they got some great stuff on here. Crazy good stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. This is for season ones, two, and three. Seasons one, two, and three. But, um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, I mean, everybody had their moment. Driss had a moment. Um, Loki had a moment. Um, uh, who was it? Uh, Rene Russo. Rene Russo. She was a badass. She, she was an absolute it. badass. <laughs> and... Um, and I, I, um, I did. I, I just, I really, re- the only thing I didn't particularly care about was, um, I understood why they had to make, uh, um, 
Skarsgård's character a little loopy. But it, 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 felt a little, it felt a little forced. Well, I felt like it, it wasn't so much that I didn't like what they did as much as I felt like they revisited it more than necessary. Mm-hmm. Like they, kept, they had to show us the same story beat like three or four times. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's like I was like, OK, I, I kind of laughed the first time. And then the second, third and fourth time, I'm like. Okay, we saw that already. Yeah, but we're Americans, so they kind of have to dumb it down for us. <laughs> you know? America. America. But um, but but you know that that is a very tiny criticism when you when you look at the entire the the I mean just for and just for that little bit where 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 Thor walked into uh, um um. Walked oh I'm blanking on her name uh Jane walked into Jane's apartment and he takes his hammer and he just hangs yes. it up on the peg <laughs> mew 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 and there um, were a bunch of little moments like that yeah, yeah. there were there were there's um, a dark elf that slipped and fell when a giant monster appears on the street and there's like oh the one uh, doctor um um not wearing his pants helps him think and. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Eric. I mean, just I mean, so, but, but I tell you, uh, I I agree with what Pip said. Pip said I would have been happy if it had just been the Thor and Loki show. Oh yeah. When when the two of them hijack the uh, the, the spaceship, and the back and forth between them, <laughs> holy crap, holy crap, that was good stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it just. I did. I, I genuinely, I, I genuinely enjoyed myself more. I, I didn't think I could, but I genuinely enjoyed myself more in the second Thor film than I did in the first one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I was, I was, uh, I was very, I was, I good, good times, good times in the movie theater. Has anyone else seen uh, Catching Fire? No. No. Nope. I saw that it? over the weekend. Um, I really liked it. Um, and I think. Not only did I like it better than the first movie, a lot of people I feel do. like I actually even like it better than the second book. Ooh, hmm. wow. Um, now, not everyone might feel the same way, and I, I didn't just reread it or anything like that. I, I read the books, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, and so, you know, if it was fresh, there might be more elements of me going, but they left out this and they left out that. But as it stands, I think you know, again, without going into spoiler territory, one of the problems with the second book, although it's realistic, reading a book from the the point of view of someone who is dealing with PTSD is not necessarily the most fun thing in the world. (laughs) And it's, it's not trying to be fun exactly. Right. I mean, it's supposed to be serious, but there's, there's parts of that book where even if it's realistic, there's a little bit of like, Okay, we get it. <laughs> but I feel like the movie is able to convey that really effectively without trapping us in her head in the same way that the book does, um, which I think was really effective. And also there are just several things where they just kind of get to the point a little faster. And I'm not criticizing the book either. I'm just saying I think these are the things that are tweaked a little bit in a way that make me like the movie even more. 
Yeah. And again, w- without spoiling it, there's something that happens at the end that in the book, it's not that I didn't like what happened. It's just that there was an element of the way that it happened that just really rubbed me the wrong way. And even though it's done with almost just a throwaway line in the movie, it still actually worked a lot better. Their explanation for why things went down the way that way worked in the movie for me better than in the book. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head with the whole idea. I mean, the problems I have with the books and the, it's just the problem that it's not for me, it's for teenagers. And so just like the, the vampire werewolf books, whatever they were, Twilight. The, you know, yeah, that's it. <laughs> The idea that you have you're in this teenager's head and, you know, you get all of her emotional, you know, her goth depression and whatever that she's going through. And the whole idea was that every five seconds in, in the Hunger Games book, she's she has to come back to the thought of, you know, which boy do I have to pick and her not actually acting, but always reacting to everything around her. And then mm-hmm. the movies, I think they don't have to, you know, you're not in her head all the time, obviously, so they don't you don't fall into that trap. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen the second movie yet, but for, from, from what I I've heard, it sounds, sounds really good. Very cool. Um, so let's jump over to uh, Doctor Who. We'll start with uh, the, the Friday night show, which was the An Adventure in Space and Time, oh, uh, which God. I really, 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 really oh, enjoyed. God, Tay feels... If you would have told me that the same man behind Filch and the Red Wedding, Walder Frey, (laughs) the fact that he would have made me cry the way he did. (laughs) Oh my God. And you know, there were some, there were some fanboys who were like, Oh, I got pulled out of the moment when he looked when he looked across the, the console and, and there standing Matt Smith. I'm like, why? Just roll with it, man. It's the 50th anniversary. And to me, I, I mean, maybe it was overly sentimental, but to me, I, I was like, I was like, that was an awesome little moment. That was just I, an awesome little moment for me. I, I actually, it. I actually hated that moment. I thought that oh, was, <laughs> I thought it was a nearly, you know, perfect type of movie. And then to put that in there just for fan service. I thought, well, but I'll was, split the difference yeah. between you guys. I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think that I've seen it, Tooch. We didn't watch that, did we? we? It was kind of off and on. We were in and out. I'm trying to remember. I don't think we watched familiar. the whole I, don't, I know I didn't watch the whole thing. Uh, spoiler. Um, Matt Smith makes an appearance in, the, in, in this movie. Sorry. Late. Um, now, you see. see but here's, I will here's, say that okay. I'm going to finish this thought. It's kind of like uh, when uh, in Game of Thrones, when they're talking about the cost of the royal wedding being so extravagant and, and the Queen of Thorns saying, what better use for the word extravagant than a royal wedding? <laughs> I'm going to say for a Doctor Who 50th, 5-0th anniversary, I think they should definitely give fan service. And I, I didn't see it, so I don't know how bad it is, but, but that's here's, the first thing I'm going to say. I've been thinking a lot about this, and I'm and if... If I if I can get out of the thumb of the uh, of the deadline, I would love to draw a comparison and a contrast between fan service in the Doctor Who 50th and an Adventure in Space and Time, as well as and then the fan service, or should I say, in my opinion, disservice in Star Trek Into Darkness. 
Still haven't and seen it. You're not missing a damn thing. Well, it's one flare tastic. I'm only well. No, I, t- I tell you what. If you want to see Star Trek Into Darkness, I'll do you a favor. See the original film, which is called Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I've been I, curious if that see, was going to be my, the second. My one. issue has been this: the stuff that was done in an adventure, like for example, one of the one of the fan services they did was in an adventure in space time when um, when Hartnell was well, yeah, when William Hartnell started to just wasn't able to keep up with the, the, the demands and all that stuff. And they said to him, well, we want Doctor Who to keep going. We're just not going to do it with you. Um, he's standing at the fireplace and he says, and he starts to cry and he says, I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Now, yep. that's one maybe, of the scenes that we saw. Yeah. Maybe Hartnell said that. Maybe he didn't. But it was obvious why it was put in there. Yeah. But it was done in context, and it made sense. Exactly, and that, that's my that's Trek? my that's my point exactly about the the Matt Smith cameo at the end. That was fan service that wasn't very good as far as being in context. Whereas the line you just spoke of was 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 incredible. Well, but then again, the whole you know, the whole movie so. though had kind of that framing device that it was like he was actually slipping back and forth in time, like. Yeah the doctor i mean so that they kind of set that up and and to me that little moment with between hartnell and and smith it really wasn't a moment of like hartnell seeing into the future and ooh, look at where i'm at it was more like it was matt smith matt smith saying to hartnell thanks mate because of you i get to do this and it, it wasn't so much Hartnell seeing into the future. It was Matt. It was a chance for Matt Smith to look back into the past and say to William Hartnell, thank you, mm-hmm. which I thought was a, a, to me, was a very nice, touching gesture. Um, but see, it, with Star Trek Into Darkness, everything felt forced to me. Everything. Mm-hmm. The, 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 you know, my name is Khan, you know, and, and then the, you know, uh, Spock screaming Khan. The constant lines from Star Trek II appearing in Into Darkness, I never felt that way during um, during the first Star Trek film. But Into Darkness, I felt like it was J.J. Abrams patting me on the head saying, here's, here's something for you, you good little fanboy. And I really didn't care for it. But even in the 50th anniversary, there was a lot of fan service. Like when uh, there's a scene where Matt Smith says, it's a timey-wimey thing. John yeah. Hurt goes, Tiny wine, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and then Tenet leans in and goes. I have no idea where he picks us up from. <laughs> Again, all fan service, but it was done within context. Mm-hmm. Even even Tenet saying, um, uh, say, saying, I'd rather not. I'd rather not die at that planet. I don't want to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Matt Smith saying, Yeah, he's always he's, saying that. I mean, right. and then you talk about the ultimate fan service. Having Tom Baker show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even like Tom Baker's doctor. <laughs> and after seeing that, I said, I want to see more Tom Baker, Doctor Who. <laughs> um, just a, what an amazing... For someone who said, I, I don't ever want to do this again, he brought it. He just hey, brought Chooch. it. Hey, Yeah. What was that? There was um a show that you had us watch an interview with. Uh, was it Graham Norton that had David Tennant? Oh right, yeah, it was the, the Graham bonnet. Norton show on Graham the BBC show. on BBC America. So he's a, a talk show host. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so they had Tennant and Matt Smith on together, 
talk and about. Emma Thompson and right, Emma oh, Thompson that, was there, and, and then, then there was that comedian, comedian, yeah, that we never remember his name. <laughs> Damn oh, it. that guy. <clears throat> ah, anyway, anyways, <laughs> and their interaction was great. They it was so shut sexy. down every question that was about plot or like what we're going to see oh, wow. or anything. Yeah, they shut it down immediately. They, you know, laughed it off and they were charming and they were funny. But there's one segment of the show where they have this chair and people, audience members come on and ask a question and anybody, the host, Graham Norton or the cast can hit a button and it knocks the person out of the chair. Right. And the moment Gently. somebody would say anything that's like plot wise, they'd knock them out. <laughs> it was, it's really a good interview if you can find it somewhere. It's very Seeing Matt and David Tennant. David Tennant has long hair, by the way. He has extensions in during this interview. And Matt Smith's hair is super, super short. So yeah. it's kind of like, ooh, tingly. Yeah, he had a, very cute together. He's doing, no, they he was really doing did a, have an awesome chemistry, yeah. didn't they, Jude? He was doing a play or something. So he had this really funny looking ponytail and something. Yeah. And they're like, a, oh, oh, is that a part? He's like, I wouldn't choose to live like this. <laughs> It was very Bay City Rollers Scottish. Kind of <laughs> By the way, guys, if uh, when when um, when you when you throat punch uh, Patrick to to see um, to see at World's End, all three of <laughs> you guys come over here and and Christiana, if you're in town, you should you should too because uh, for my birthday I got David Tennant's Hamlet. Mm. Oh wow! On the, the BBC, it's David Tennant with Hamlet opposite of Patrick Stewart playing Claudius. Wow. Oh my! I saw the first half of it, and oh my, indeed! Oh, wow. I still have so to come over and see Pacific Rim. Oh, that's right, that's right. Oh, yeah, I haven't, still haven't seen it. Yep. That's how get our Paul get some more Idris, and I then <laughs> and then right after you see Pacific Rim, right, then we're gonna, see, gonna make you watch. Oh hi! Oh hi! <laughs> Wait, you know who else is in Pacific Rim? My girlfriend. Bang bang. Bang bang. Bang bang. <laughs> I watched Brothers, Brothers Bloom. Bloom. Did you Woo! like it? I did. Did you love it or did you just like it? I think I'll have to see it again. It has the potential for the love, but, you know, real love needs more than one viewing. I have to tell you, it's semi-permanently addictive because every time it's on, I watch it. We bought it. I watched it like three or four times. I just watch it, watch it, watch oh it, watch it. I, I imagine new. these patterns and things happening mm -hmm. and become a, a little obsessive about it. So Paulette, so Paulette did say... She, she she said I don't know if you saw this or not. Uh, it's she says that basically the Doctor Who anniversary shows have always been about fan service. Uh, the stories usually suck, but that was the other thing that I really enjoyed about this particular Doctor Who. I actually thought that the writing was pretty airtight. Mm -hmm. Um, I I did. I was trying to figure out where they were going to go with all this, and I I did. I just I really enjoyed the 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 fiftieth. Um. I, 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 we have not watched an adventure in space and time with Serena. I want, I want to sit down with her to watch it. I did, um, I, before we move away from, from that show, I did want to say that, uh, you know, the, the, that show or the, the movie was uh, about the, you know, the, the, the start of Dr. Who. And, and it really focused on, uh, the, the, the first showrunner, Verity Lambert. And I just want to say that I, I, I want to see this actress, in anything, I just thought she was wonderful and beautiful, and oh, the woman I that was, played the producer, yeah, Jessica yeah. Rain is her name. I, I just I was smitten first time I saw her. So, <laughs> uh, so. 
Well, and, and I find it interesting too. It, it, this is the, this is the early '60s, so like we're talking about '62, '63, and if you think about it, a woman and an Indian mm-hmm. in in uh, in 1960s in 1960s England are responsible for one of the most signature British shows ever created, longest running show period. Mm-hmm. And they were basically they were basically thrown this probably probably being told, yeah, you're going to fail. And a and a Canadian, uh, whatever the guy, yeah, the guy working for the, that was played by Brian Cox. Mm-hmm. Played by Brian Cox, good actor, Brian Cox. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, here's here's a quick trivia question for everybody. Can you name the role that Brian Cox played? Um, and he's played it. Uh, and there have been four. Uh, sorry, wait. There have been three other actors who have played this role. Hannibal Lecter and uh, Manhunter. Oh. Yep. <laughs> Very good. <So. laughs> Boom. What just happened? <laughs> I was still trying to track who the hell is Brian. Sideline uh, trivia. He played. Uh, well, he was also the bad guy in uh, one of the Wolverine movies. Yeah, yeah, X Men Two. But um, but I lost. So, so yeah. So anyway, the um uh so Adventure in Space Time was just was uh was terrific, but it was particularly cool. Um, sharing, you know, having a, having a, a geek dad moment, but um. To share the 50th anniversary with Serena and Pip, <laughs> but then, and I, I don't know if you saw the picture that I took when we got home. We didn't realize it because it was kind of cold that night, so she had her her jacket zipped up and she took it off after the movie started. We get home, she unzips her her coat, takes off her coat. Serena is wearing her Doctor Who T-shirt. She's got her Dalek <laughs> necklace, and then she's got another Doctor Who necklace. She wore both Doctor Who necklaces wow. plus a T-shirt, and I'm like, "Oh, your your mom and dad are so proud." Well, well I'm gonna share my, uh, you know, my story of my kids, and and it's it's the geek pride, but also the the first time I've been been hurt by my kids so 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 badly. Um, I. I we watched, you know, the, the, the end of last season and, you know, they, the last thing they flash is uh, Day of the Doctor, November 22nd, or, you know, whatever the date, you know, of the special. And my kids were like, we have to wait till November. And so, like, all summer we've been talking about it. And I actually got, had gotten rid of cable, um, but I was get, I, I'd already decided, okay, I'm getting cable back the week that, you know, of, of <laughs> Doctor Who stuff. <laughs> so I get cable and I didn't have my kids uh, that weekend and I'm talking to them on the phone and, and, you know, they don't mention anything, you know, and I, you know, t- taped it for them and then they come over and it's Monday and they're like, Oh yeah, we already saw it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> we had talked about watching this show together, you know, but it made me so uh, proud that they, they wanted to watch it so badly that it depend independent of me, off to the side, they 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 oh, watched it. You're just stowaway on the podcast. Oh hi. <laughs> we can't tell you see something. her Pip for all the cables. Pip and I were. Oh, hang on a minute. Now lean in, honey. Now it's just wait. There you go. There you go. <laughs> can, can you get, get even? Ah! There we go. Now, now they can see. <laughs> now they can see. It was so hard. Just we basically had to go dark. Because we we uh, we waited we 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 did not watch it on Friday night we waited until Monday to see the uh, the big screen. Oh, you're talking about that. Talking about the who. <laughs> okay. Are you doing one of those epic three hour podcasts? I'm just I'm not just following <laughs> All right. We're getting there. But scoop the poop when you're done. Scoop the poop when you're done. 
There you go. Thanks There's for, a moment for thanks you. Thanks for adding to the podcast. Life there. of a writer. Scoop the poop when you're done, darling. Oh, we heard you. We <laughs> oh, heard yeah. her. Uh, so you know, we yes. probably had at least six to eight, maybe even ten people that went and saw the movie theater day of the doctor in theaters in 3D because we said we were going and then we ended up not going <laughs> to see it and ended up laying Aww. in bed watching it like Oh, I didn't know that you didn't go. No. I missed we that. Yeah, we uh, ended up watching it at home. Mm. So Yes. Um forgot what I was going to tell. Somebody mute T. No. <laughs> I'm not the problem. It's it... <laughs> Thanks, Viv. So now we can, now we can get oh, some. Uh, I just do what I'm told. Yeah. Actually, one thing I did want to mention uh, to you was. Um, I'm afraid to unmute him because it might mute him. No, I'll unmute him. <laughs> no, Big Papa, don't be mad. TG made me. I really don't know how to unmute him. You have to click on the down arrow. Christiana was unable to mute herself when she came back. No, it's because you kept remuting her. No, I did not. I think he has to unmute unmute himself as well. Okay, for the record. I wasn't the problem. It was was little Miss New Zealand over over here who, you know, it's really funny. When, When she came on this podcast, she was like, now, don't interrupt me because I'm going to be on this podcast. So don't like come, you know, don't, don't. Wow, that's really, that's really <laughs> fun. Fuck you. Fuck you, you hobo. <laughs> Fuck you, you hobo. I didn't know how fun that would be, Viv. But no, <laughs> actually, to, to get back on topic. Um, oh, God. One... Oh, wow. I can do that, too. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Sweet as. Uh... No. Anyway, um, <laughs> goes both ways. Uh-huh. Um, That's what she said. <laughs> but uh, you were supposed to be on right after the the mini episode that was released, the Day of the Doctor with uh, with Paul McGann, and uh, I know he is your favorite uh, Doctor Who. He or, is my Doctor. So I, I I wanted to bring that up. I thought that was a great uh, whatever it was, eight minutes. Uh, Episode it was 52 minutes too short. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the thing the thing about Magan is I've been I mean, I've been a fan of his and he's and he also appears in Luther too. Mm-hmm. Um it's kind of cool cuz there's a point where Magan sucker punches uh sucker punches uh Idris Elba. Idris Elba's a big man and Paul Magan is not. And um I always like to turn to, to Pip and go, just remember something. My doctor beat up Stacker Pentecost. <laughs> and she turns around, she goes, yeah, then Stacker Pentecost body slams him onto a yeah, small. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Uh, it was a short <laughs> lived uh, <laughs> sucker punch. But the, um, but the funny thing was that whenever I would mention that to Whovians that Paul McGon was my doctor, they roll their eyes and they go, oh, that wasn't a real doctor. He's not a real doctor because it was the one shot Fox movie. And I got two arguments about that. One, if you can look me square in the eye and tell me that every doctor, every even, you know, all the way back to, 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 uh, to, uh, years, Hartnell's years. If you can tell me every doctor who was a, was a, uh, was a gem and you can do that with a straight face, be my guest. <laughs> Secondly, 
Secondly, no matter how you feel about what Fox did, I really felt like they were they were true to the Doctor. And McGon, I've been talking about for years about how how, how what a great Doctor he was. Suddenly, this eight minute video comes out. And then all these Whovians start going, oh, my God, he was brilliant. Oh, my God, we didn't want to gone. And I'm just sitting there going. Well, know, he's I'm, got a whole series of uh, audio dramas. Which everyone, which everyone says, you know about the audio. Yes, I know about the audio dramas. But they're, they were, you know, you got to see him. And he just, he sells it. And even in the Fox, we went back, we watched the Fox movie. Um, and. I, you know, now that I've, now that I've watched, uh, the, the BBC's doctor who, and, and, you know, caught up with some of the older ones. Yeah. There are some faults in the Fox, in the Fox Americanized doctor who, but the doctor is still the doctor. And I think that's the part that people tend to gloss over. The doctor is still very much the doctor and McGon just brings it. I just, I, I love, I love this scene where McGon, he, he takes himself hostage the doctor takes himself hostage so that he can get a bike. <laughs> and it's just this great little moment where he, he goes, he goes, he, he gets the, he gets the guy's gun. He goes, stand back. And then he flips the gun around. And he goes, or I'm going to kill myself. And it's just this odd doctor moment where you go, yeah, that's what the doctor would do. Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> um, seen it. uh, it's, it, yeah. Yeah. Paul McGon, he was just, he, he 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 was not he was not the doctor. It would have been great if we could have seen a season with him as the doctor, just for that one. There was a great line in the um, in that eight minute film where he goes, "I'm only alive for four minutes. That's an eternity. I you know what, what if I want <laughs> to get bored? <laughs> Someone bring me some knitting. You know, <laughs> good stuff. It was and it was great. It was great seeing him again. Again, it was great seeing him again play the doctor. Just great. <clears throat> yeah, I love the the. You know the special. Uh, I really like seeing Billy Piper playing, you know, different character, but uh, mm. still being the conscience, uh, the yeah. conscience of the Doctor. And uh, you know, I love Clara. So her, her interaction mm-hmm. with these three. You know, you got these three actors together, and they're playing off each other so well. And she still comes through with you know the limited interaction she has with them, uh, uh, shining. So I, I like that. And, um, but but again, I I really believe this is how good you know because I heard some I heard some fanboys complaining about the writing of the fiftieth special, but I'm like, think about it this: we now know why Queen Elizabeth was so pissed when she saw yeah. Tennant in the Shakespeare Code. I was like, yeah. what's you know you know yeah. he had, he couldn't remember why because he basically married the Queen and then disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> That would Spoilers, piss off. Sweetie. I think that would piss her off. Yeah, of course it would. <laughs> no, that was really cool. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. All that, all that timey wimey stuff. You know, things <laughs> happen wimey? in the past. <laughs> her past, but your future. <laughs> hey, when that yeah. happens. Good stuff. Uh, and the bit with the whole door where they spend, you know, five minutes figuring out the whole the software. If I start, then 400 years later, your your yeah. screwdriver will figure it out. And then Claire just walks in. You didn't even try the door. And, and then right. all three of them are just like, well, it should have been locked. Who <laughs> yeah. doesn't lock a prison door? That's the whole point. Oh. Freaking Doctor Who, man. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. <laughs> Um, the uh, one thing uh, this sort of goes back to an old news item we had from from a, a while back. Uh, Mark 
Gaddis uh, wrote uh, the adventure in space and time. Uh, he's been involved in the Doctor Who, but he also plays Mycroft Holmes in the Sherlock Holmes TV series, and we've talked about him before because he's going to be in season uh, four of Game of Thrones. We didn't know the character at that point, but it's uh, Tycho Nestoris. Uh, oh, really? The, I see. I my guess was that he was going to be Mace Tyrell. I, that's what I was thinking too. But he, he's one of the for those not familiar with that character. It's he's a uh, basically a banker uh, coming to to talk to the uh, Lannisters about uh, about money <laughs> money 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 situations. Yeah. Let's just say. Um, so that should be very interesting. He can play that type of character very well, uh, as we've seen in in Sherlock. Um, so um, that's really all that I had. We can certainly continue on if anybody had any. We didn't talk comments. about PS4 yet. That's true. And actually, what I wanted to do is give T a little uh, time to uh, not not that he needs any more time to talk. <laughs> But when we have on our guests and they are creators such as T, um, I, I, I did want to start actually by saying that uh, in 2006, my first podcast I ever subscribed to was that uh, you know that whole whole survival guide you're writing fantasy podcast that you did <laughs> back in, back in the day and uh, back in the day. Yeah, um, we've uh, been at this for seven years now. My yeah. God. And, eight, uh, eight. I, I guess I, I guess <laughs> I count as eight because that was when I started. Was at 05. Yep. And the only that. reason I have not, well, there, there were two reasons why we, uh, we kind of stalled out with uh, the shared desk. First off, uh, the cats had torn down the studio. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a problem. Uh, the studio is now fixed, so the, so you know, I, I, uh, we can get back to, um, we can get back to recording. Uh, the other reason too was the contract gig. That <clears throat> and uh, the contract gig that I've got Day is job. a it's a yeah it's a it's a two it's a two hour commute one way so I basically get home uh, have about an hour with with uh, with with the kiddo and then I have uh, roughly another two hours before I either a go to bed because uh, I got to get up early again and, and repeat and you know wash rinse repeat um, so. I, we really just haven't had the time to sit down because also we're on deadline for the next uh, the next couple of books. Uh, like like Viv said, it's not a bad thing. This you know it's just you know priorities mm -hmm. and um, I, I as much as I love as much as I love the podcast, um, I'm getting paid to write. So let's go on ahead and let's do that. Um, <laughs> so where can people find you, T? That's a very good question. Okay, so. Um, Last book that you just had published was what? The Ministry Protocol, which was the Kickstarter that mm -hmm. we did that we did this summer. Uh, that can be found uh, at you know you can you can trace back all the books from ministryofpeculiaroccurrences.com, and uh, <laughs> you go there and you'll find it. But it's called Ministry Protocol: Thrilling Tales from the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences. Uh, Pip and I kickstarted this so that it would bridge the gap that was going to happen because we jumped publishers. Um, you can still get, um, you can actually get uh, the, the the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences books, um, Phoenix Rising and the Janus Affair. You can get them at bookstores anywhere, and if you get them in the Manassas area, chances are they're going to be autographed. That's Manassas, so, Virginia. Yes, in Manassas, <laughs> Virginia. Yes, thank you. 
And they can also find your Amazon page. Yes. That'll link to all of your goodness if they can't get to a local bookstore for some yep. reason. Yeah, since his, since his name is on the screen here, you can go to tmorris.com and find it very easily. Links yeah. to all that goodness. You should be able to, but administrypeculiaroccurrences.com, uh, you can actually go to our online store. We now have an online store where if you can't get to Manassas, Virginia, you can pay a couple bucks extra for shipping, and uh, Pip and I will go on ahead and we will autograph a book for you and send it off to you. Cool. Uh, so we have that. Uh, you can also get the ministry, uh, the ministry protocol, and hopefully, sometime this month, hopefully, uh, you will be able to get the ministry initiative, which is the Fate Core based RPG. Um, it is cool. the book is written by uh, P.J. Schneider, and it is uh, the game itself has been designed by uh, J.R. Blackwell. And it's being put up at Galileo Games. And we've seen the artwork for it, and the artwork is breathtaking. So uh, give, great stuff. So we're very excited a, about that. Give people a little background on the on the setting, uh, especially for the role-playing game. What, what's, what does that entail? What would it, they be walking into? Well, basically, they'd be walking into one of the books. So if you've heard the podcast, Tales from the Archives, the Parsec winning Tales from the Archives, <laughs> um, or if you wanted to, uh, or if you've read Phoenix Rising or the Janus Affair, that's the world you're stepping into. And you step in as an agent of the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences. And uh, we have some expansion packs already planned out. One of them, this was all uh, arranged via the Kickstarter. One of the... Um, one of the expansion packs that's going to be coming out is going to be called the Rogues Gallery. Um, and it's where if you don't want to be an agent of the ministry, you can be a member of the Phoenix Society. You can be a member of Methuselah's Order. You can be a member of the Illuminati. You can basically play one of the bad guys. And, um, and, cause, and that, was, that was actually the Boom's idea. Uh, the Boom <laughs> said, uh, you know, said hey, hey, Mom, Dad, can, can you guys play bad guys in your game? And we looked at each other and we said, well, let's find out. So we contacted JR. JR contacted uh, uh, Brennan over at Galileo Games and he said, I think we have our first expansion pack. So that was how it turned out and it was one of the stretch goals in the, in, in the, uh, in the Kickstarter. So um, you can also, when you go to Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences, uh, we should also be starting up season three of Tales from the Archives again uh, very soon. Uh, and you'll also be able to keep keep tabs on when we're going to have uh, the next uh, the next book coming out. The third book in the series, which is called Dawn's Early Light, uh, should be coming out in March. So, um, awesome. <clears throat> so yeah, we're we're very excited about that. Um, again, it's been you know the, the the writing schedule has been cutting into a lot of my um, a lot of my time. One thing I haven't mentioned though. That I have, uh, that I did make some time for. Um, I'm still making time for comics, um, because I was asked to write over the summer uh, for Kindle Worlds. I was asked to write uh, some uh, some comic book uh, tie-ins, and it got me back into reading comics again, and I Ooh, freaking comics. love it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm using Comicsology, and yeah. I'm like, my God, where has this been all my life? I freaking love Comicsology. Yes. Oh, to yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. But, yes, but Christiana, have, uh, do you have the same that. problem where if you open up Comixology, you're thinking, okay, I better have 20 bucks that I can just blow? Because you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, buy it, buy it, buy it. Buy I, yeah, it. It, is, it is definitely very easy to spend a lot of money there. Yeah. Um, 
So I want to throw out real quick a, a series that I highly recommend. And I don't know if you guys see this or not, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch into sepia because it's, it's, it's appropriate. <laughs> there, is a, um, there is a diesel punk slash steampunk, um, a diesel punk slash steampunk uh, um, series that is available on, on uh, Comixology. You can also get it at your local comic book store. Uh, it's put up by IDW Comics. And it's called Wild Blue Yonder. Love it. You know that? You know the series? Well, I had read. So you mentioned it in an email, and so I had I had read issue one, but then forgotten about it because I guess I had missed when issue two came out. But I've I have since caught up. Uh, there's three issues out now, I believe. Yeah, and I th- and from what the uh, the guy at uh, Comics and Gaming over in Gainesville, Virginia, that's Comics and Gaming. That's the name of the <laughs> name of the uh, the name of the store. It's Comics <laughs> and Gaming. Um, what do they sell? Comics and games. And, <laughs> oh, okay. And uh, so I highly recommend Wild Blue Yonder. It's it's a mm-hmm. phenomenal series. Beautiful artwork. Just yeah. beautiful artwork. And um, and yeah, it feels oh God, it feels so good to be back in comics. It feels so freaking good. I just <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been getting into comicsology as well, but I also my my kids have uh, started wanting to go to the library on um, weekends. And uh, so I've been getting graphic novels and collected volumes. And uh, most recently I've read the first two volumes of uh, American Vampire, which uh, has been out for three or four years uh, by Scott Snyder. And it's, uh, it's excellent. Uh, The first volume had, there's like two stories going on at once. And one of the stories was written by Stephen King the other one was by the by the creator, and it was uh, it was very well done. And uh, look forward to reading more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so T, we, uh, the point I was trying to get to, and I don't know if you said it. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're trying to get to people that may not know you. So when I said like the setting of your yeah role playing game in your books, what, it's called what the nineteenth century. About? It's called the, okay. It, 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 there right. you go. There you go. It's called the 19th century. Okay. Um, basically, so. the setting for those for those people who do not know what I do, um, <laughs> so both of you, um, <clears throat> talking to both of you, um, the um, the stuff that Pip and I write together is uh, it's a it's a subgenre of science fiction called steampunk. And uh, if you if if you want the the short the the short simple sweet version. Uh, find yourself the Walt Disney movie adaptation of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and that is steampunk. It's modern technology set in a 19th century, in, in the 19th century world. And, uh, and what the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences is, it's the X-Files of that, of that era. Um, the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences investigate the strange, the unique, and the bizarre, the stuff that's too weird for Scotland Yard. They call in the ministry. And um, that just reminded me of something. Wait, There's wait, wait. One... Because that was sounding really good. <laughs> Keep doing that. that I'm, was I'm, really I'm, good. I'm working on that. Thank you. Um, so the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences, that is the series that Pip and I write together. And they, uh, they investigate the strange, the, the, the unique, the bizarre. And um, that is what, that is what they, are, they are dedicated to do. Uh, they, they investigate the stuff that is unexplained and um, it just dawned on me uh, just now that 
the ministry has been published across uh, two publishers at present. We we have uh, books with Harper Voyager. We have books with Ace. Well, now this month, Bain Books has become a publisher of uh, of of uh, the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences because right now there's an anthology out called A Cosmic Christmas to You, and in A Cosmic Christmas to You. The um, the short story that I wrote called In the Spirit of Christmas, where Wellington and Eliza are working late one night and they get a phone call from Ebenezer Scrooge saying they have a problem. Um, <laughs> that that got picked up by Bain Books. So I'm in a Christmas science fiction <laughs> anthology. I'm the only steampunk in the anthology. But I am in there alongside Wen Spencer, uh, the late Frederick Pohl, and... Um, <clears throat> Um, some other major heavy hitters <clears throat> and it's, it's, it's very humbling to be there, but yes. Uh, so right now you can, you can pick that up at the bookstores as well. It's called a cosmic Christmas to you. Um, oh, so in the role-playing game, this is the world you step into where you are called on as an agent to, <clears throat> to either solve a mystery that is unable to be solved or a crime that is committed and you can't figure out exactly why. <clears throat> It could be supernatural. It could be technological. It could be a bit of both. But that's the world you you, you step into, and uh, you as a you as a secret agent, uh, you know, you just have to you, you you have to get by on your wits, and you got to hope that the fate die are working in your favor. <laughs> and is this a type of uh, system where you have a game master and and you have stories that 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 they've created or does it come with pre that's a very good question. stories that sort of thing pip and i are still trying to learn the game we are waiting for the when, when uh when the game premieres the first thing we're going to do is sit down with jr and say uh teach us how to play because <laughs> we want to be able to go to different conventions and 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 run games mm-hmm. so um so we have to understand and and this is the thing that that we're very excited about with the uh, being fate core because <clears throat> I'm I'm old school. I mean, I I came from the D20 D20 generation, but um, do I mean Chooch, Viv, Christiana? Oh, yeah. Do you guys play Fate Core at all? No, I never have. Okay. Or wait, no, I take that back. Um, is Bulldogs? That yes, system? Bulldogs is Fate Core. I have played that once. Okay, and it was awesome. Yeah, the so Fate Core works this way. Oh man, I wish I had the dice too, because we got some we got some steampunk dice made for this. It's very <laughs> very hot. So anyway, um, God, I've seen the pictures. Yeah, Very yeah. Sexy. Um, so the what happens is you get you get these uh these fate die or or sometimes called fudge die, and what you do is you you roll those and you'll either have blanks, pluses or minuses, and what happens is that you you as a character have an aspect, and um the way I understand it is when you roll pluses, it works for your aspect. You know, like you say, okay, um. You know, let's say my character is very heavy into stealth. Okay, then um, <clears throat> if I roll two pluses, it means that I'm particularly stealthy that night. I mean, nobody hears me. If I throw minuses, <clears throat> it means okay, I'm stealthy, but I've got a frog in my throat. I'm getting over a bad cold, so I'm sn- I'm sniffling and I'm clearing my throat as I'm being stealthy. Um, that's the way the aspects work. But the way JR described it to us is not only does the agent have aspects, but the agent also has a gadget. The gadget also has aspects. Cool. So, like, oh, 
Like let's say I have an automaton. <laughs> let's say I have an automaton cat. Feline okay? cat. <laughs> and let's say the automaton cat. I throw. I throw uh, a couple of uh, pluses or minuses. If I throw minuses, it means that I have not fed the automaton cat enough treats, so the automaton <laughs> cat will not listen to me. Mm. And if I feed the cat enough treats. It still won't listen still to it. <laughs> <laughs> but you get the idea. I mean, so so not only does the agent have aspects, so does whatever gadget they have, which is great, which is really awesome. We love that aspect of it. And um, the plan is that when the game comes out, we want to have a big rollout at hopefully at uh, at uh, comics and gaming here in Gainesville. And we'll put the word out, and we'll just open it up for you know people if they want to road trip out. There's a hotel very close by. Sounds um, fun. And we just let people come in and say, hey, look, we're going to roll out the game. And uh, if you want to come and join us, let's see what happens. Let's see how far we can get in, the, you know, in an afternoon. So, yeah, that's that's um, that's kind of a that's kind of a, a bit of everything that's been going on <laughs> of late. We've got the role playing game coming out soon. Um, the anthology from Bane Books uh, came out. Our own anthology, Ministry Protocol, came out. And uh, right now, actually. Uh, Pip's got a um, got a um, uh, got a cyber a Cyber Monday extended sale on it. If you go to uh, Amazon.com, the Kindle version is uh, under five dollars now. Sweet. So, awesome. And there's some, there's some great authors in there. Some really fantastic authors. Uh, you've got Delilah S. Dawson. You've got Liana Renee Heber. You've got Jack Mangan. You've got uh, ooh, you got Jared Axelrod. And uh, J.R. Blackwell writing in there too, um, and also um, Lauren Harris Scribe. Uh, you guys, mm -hmm. you guys remember mm -hmm. Scribe from uh, yep. from DragonCon and uh, yep. uh, Balticon? Um, she's making her professional uh, debut in this. Cool. And she 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 gave us a she gave us a, a terrific story set in Japan. So yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. We're very happy. Very cool. Um, and then hopefully the third book will be out by. Uh, by March. Again, you know, you can, oh, thank you. A little bit of turn on the bell. Um, you can find out all that at, uh, at, at .com or at ministryofpeculiaroccurrences.com. Yes, we are also on Facebook. And, you know, just look up the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences. We have a, we have a page on Facebook. We are also on Twitter at, uh, we are at Books and Brawn. And you can find us there. Actually, you won't find us there. You will find either Wellington or Eliza there. That's 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 who tweets on our behalf. Did Very I cover good. it all? I think I, I covered think it. All. You did. Oh, and then and then there's the podcast. Once once we um once things settle down around here, uh, Pip and I are going to start up our podcast again. It's a writing it's a writing podcast, um, and it's uh, it's very goofy, and it's it's called the Shared Desk, and it's at thesharedesk.com. Okay, now I've covered it all. Okay. Very cool. Let's jump over to gaming. Christiana, have we did have we had a show since the PS4 yes. came out? Yes. Did we? Did I we think talk it was just it? like it had only been that first weekend. I'm sorry, my I I muted myself and then gave the treat the squeaky toy back to Luna, <laughs> who doesn't want to give it up now. There you go. We'll see if uh, if that's tolerable. Um, so we have played more, and we have played yes. together. So the one game, the main game we played together was uh, Need for Speed Rivals. Yes. Uh, which uh, was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, um, the 
the way it does multiplayer is that basically when you log in, if you're not with a friend, you're just randomly put with five other people, and yeah, um, it's a little be, weird because you can't pause as a result, right. you know, because because everything's kind of live all the time. Right, and the other piece that's a little bit distracting or makes it not as efficient as you would like it to be is because it's it's based on you can either be a cop or a racer, and so you're trying to chase chase each other down and that sort of thing. So you can't do something like automatically meet or like spawn near someone else. Um, you can look at the map and see where people are, so you can sort of like find a place. You have to go place. to a garage, and right. then you can choose to, to go spawn. to like some yeah. event location that, or whatever. But that might, uh, yeah, that might be near somebody, but. Uh, so it's a little, you know, since we were we were in party chat, so we could sort of um, mm-hmm. uh, get get near each other and do that sort of thing, and it was it was it was fun. Um, we tried to do Resogun. Uh, I don't know if the yeah. network, if it was a network thing or the game itself or whatever, but it didn't. It was very laggy, so it wasn't. We tried that for a few minutes, as Luna has <laughs> is really adding to the to the show tonight. <laughs> So what have you played the most? Um, I've been playing probably the most um, Lego Marvel superheroes. Ha! <laughs> Victory! Um, which I have to say, you know, in terms of gameplay, it's just like all the other Lego games. I mean, it's, it's not reinventing the wheel there. Um, although the actual overworld is more open world than any previous one. Lego Batman 2 was pretty close, but this one's like even more so. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's the greatest thing about it, I think, really, is that it is the movie that would really span the entire Marvel Universe that we will never get to see because Sony owns Spider-Man and Fantastic oh, Four right. and Fox owns... Uh, the X-Men and the Mutants and blah, blah, you know, and so it's all split up and they're never going to get them all together. Or at least I will be shocked if they do. But in Lego Marvel superheroes, they're all together. So you have Spider-Man and Captain America and Thor and Cyclops and Professor X and everyone all going together, you know, so, uh, you know, it's uh so it's a lot of fun. I mean, obviously it's a Lego game, so the story's kind of goofy, but yeah, uh, it's it's a lot of fun though. And uh, so that's I'm really enjoying that one actually. About you, um, PG, what are you playing playing the most? Probably put the most time into uh, Assassin's Creed Four, which is uh, um, different than the other ones where it's more of a pirate, basically a pirate game. Um, and they do the, sh- the ship-based combat very, very well. It's a beautiful game because uh, they have versions of it for the 360 and the PS3, but the, this version and probably the Xbox One as well is just gorgeous. And, uh, you know, everything is integrated very well and very contextual. Like in some of the earlier games, you would they have all these collectibles you can get, for example, and a lot of them make absolutely no sense. Like in Assassin's Creed 3, they had... Benjamin Franklin, who you can interact with, has lost pages of his almanac, and you can go try to collect them, and they're floating in the air, and you try to find <laughs> them. Um, and it's still a little silly in in this one, but like they have, uh, you know, it's very open world, and you can explore these <clears throat> these cities and islands. And and one one of the things that you one of the collectibles you can find are these uh, sea shanties, 
which is basically songs that your pirate crew on your ship will sing while you're sailing. So it actually, you know, makes you want to collect these things because you're on your ship a lot. And if you, they don't have things to sing, it can get <laughs> very repetitive. So you go find these songs and say, uh, <laughs> so, yes, yeah, it's, it's it, it, there. You can tell like, they're just having a lot of fun. The people that made this game, mm-hmm. they're just having a lot of fun when they did it. Cause they, they threw some things out that people complained about and just say, okay, let's, you know, cause like with the big draw of Assassin's Creed three was they had just these little ship, battles that you could have and everybody just loved it because they've you know they've not really had a real video game that that would translate you know 17th 18th century sea battles on into a video game and and they they had this little piece that worked really well in assassin's creed 3 they're like well why don't we just do a pirate you know pirates of the caribbean type game with but you know different type of story and it, it works really well, so I've been really enjoying that. Um, but, I've been tempted by that, but I I have refrained only just because I you know I've I've we've talked about this on the show already. I think the 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 problem I have is that the Assassin's Creed games always look good to me, and then I buy them and play them for like two hours and then stop. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I can um, but uh, I I've also been playing a fair amount of of knack. I think I'm about two thirds through it and I can definitely see why it's getting some mediocre scores. I'm kind of digging it, but it's a weird game. It's, and it's not in ways that you would expect. Like the, the story feels like it's aimed at kind of a kid friendly story, but then it, it like it sprinkles in some darker themes in there that feel a little weird. And then there's also plenty of stuff happening where it's like, I'm really not sure how the story even wants me to feel about what's happening right now. Yeah, and, uh, you know, like your, your hero characters are occasionally doing dark things where you're like, okay, the character I play <laughs> is certainly not giving a second thought to just beating the crap out of all these goblins that didn't attack us first. So, you know, yeah. it's like, is that supposed to be part of a theme or is it just weird? You know, right. um, and then it's actually pretty hard, which is unexpected for a game that looks kid friendly like that. Mm-hmm. Like you could probably put it on easy and it wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be a big deal. But I'm playing it on normal and there are several sections where I die five, six, seven times trying to get through it. Um, it it's challenging and the combat is much more like it's it's relatively simple, but it's almost like Dark Souls or something in the sense that with what limited powers you have, you have to use it carefully and you can't just run in and start swinging because uh, you'll, you'll get killed. And then but, you, have uh, go, that, you have to so go back. It's, it's weird, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. I heard that like their save system, it, it, it is like dark souls where you get killed. You have to go back a lot further than you would, you know, normally see in some platformers. Well, yeah. So like it, you, it's, it's, Every level is broken into these little chunks where if you beat it on the first time through, each chunk is only going to be a couple of minutes, you know, maybe two, three minutes. But each of those chunks, if you die, you start that chunk over. So, you know, it, it sometimes it'll be a shorter one where it's just one set of enemies and sometimes it's longer where you'll 
be running down several corridors and fighting several different little encounters. Mm-hmm. It's it's so it's it's weird, but I'm kind of digging it. I definitely want to play through it, but there's a little bit of a feeling even as I go that it I'm I'm sort of feel like I'm finishing it so I can get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. Which is not great, but you know, I still feel like I want to finish it. Yeah. And then the other game that we both played is uh Rezo Gun, which is basically a Yes. Uh, if you took Defender from the 1980s and brought it into, you know, today, and uh, you know, great graphics and, and you know, different gameplay, but still, like, when you look at it, that's the first thing you're going to think of mm-hmm. is, oh, is Defender, the way you fly back and forth and you're saving humans, uh, you know, so it's, it's, but it's, it's basically a score, you know, uh, like I've mm-hmm. spent the last week trying to top Christiana's score on a particular <laughs> level, um, I don't think I've made it. I can't, I can't remember. I've gotten close, but yeah. So nice it's, it's one of those games. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that game is is free, incidentally, if you subscribe to PS Plus, which if you're at the point of buying a PS4, you need to be subscribed to PS Plus. It's, I mean, not only just because that's actually what it takes to do online multiplayer now, but just because it's a crazy good deal. You get free games every month. It pays for itself in a month, yep. in my opinion. But... Um, <laughs> So it's free if you do that, but it's also I think it's the no-brainer download. Yeah. Um, if you know, even if uh, you know, no matter what other game you might be interested in getting along with it, you you should also get that one. Yes, and my my next purchase, and I'm pushing for anybody to give me Amazon gift certificates that's that's watching now, my family and stuff, because I want to get a, a Vita, as Christiana mentioned, because they have the has the ability to take the the video that you would have on your TV and you can play it on the Vita. Yeah, I was doing that today actually. Um a little bit earlier I was uh, I was playing Knack, so I was I had some some TV shows on the DVR that I wanted to watch that but I wasn't necessarily going to give my full attention to. So I had those playing on the TV and was playing Knack on my Vita. Yep. Yeah, I I play a, a lot of my video game time is after you know Kim goes to bed cuz she goes to bed at like Eight thirty at night, so it would be nice to just be able to, you know, not have the TV on. Um, Plus, the Vita really does have a lot of great games. It's a great mm-hmm. little system. I love it. Yeah, and the other big, uh, uh, the, the plus for for me and others that like to be able to play at night is that you can plug in a uh, uh, headphones into the controller. And it has all the game audio coming through, very good quality sound, so you can have the volume down on the TV and play and not really disturb anybody that may be doing something else or, you know, so is watching the Vita, TV. So. Uh, uh, is, is it like a handheld? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's sort of, it's the next, just like the PS4 is the next up from PS3. The PSP was the old one, and then Vita is like the the new generation of, new of portable. It's been out for like a year or something, hasn't it? A year and a half? A little, yeah. a little bit longer than that, I think. But, a couple of years, yeah. yeah. Don't the but PS4 it's got some great... Contro- like, hmm? Don't the PS4 controllers have the headphone jack? Yeah, yeah that's well, that's, 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 that's what he was, was just saying. I'm sorry, I thought you were talking saying that the Vita you could do that. No, you can I'm also right. do yeah. that, but, yes. uh, but uh, <laughs> the, yes, the PS controllers right. do also. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm making the jump between. Um, I have an Xbox 360, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking after after reading about what what the Xbox One is demanding of people, and then seeing what the what the price was compared to 
what the PS4 was saying it was going to do. I thought, you know, I I think I'm okay with with jumping ship with uh, with Xbox and going over to PS4. I'm, Join I probably, us. Yeah, I probably will. Even though even yeah, though I the think... last time the last time I got in bed with Sony, they burned me bad, and I'm oh. not talking about the big hack with uh, that happened a few years ago. Oh yeah, mm. but um. Yeah, but they gave up. They gave plenty of stuff back to make up. For yeah, it. yeah, they did, and I give them credit for that. They did, they did. Yeah. And but I mean, the 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 stuff that you have to do when when uh, when when Xbox. When, I mean, when Microsoft said, "Yeah, for the Xbox One, you have to log in every day, or you won't be able to play your games." I'm like, that's the that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> well, they actually did yeah, go they, back on that. That's yeah, no they backed longer off. True. Did they back off for on now. that? I don't remember they did. I they backed off on some again. things. Yeah. Well, the problem is the though things. that I think a lot of people felt that the the problem was there was no clear vision because they announced all of these things that were supposed to be like super integrated to the way the whole system works and then right. because everybody hated it all of a sudden they said, "You know what? Never mind. Half the stuff that we just said our system does, it won't do that anymore." Right. And so you're feeling like <laughs> this thing comes out in a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how, you know, well, it's the restrictions that they have placed yeah. by other studios and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, well, it's kind of like, I, I took it as it's part of their contracting that they mm-hmm. have to do this daily, you know, daily check, copyright check and all that kind of stuff or password it's check. Ridiculous, though. Otherwise well, they wouldn't give them the rights to be able to pass things to make. Well, things see, more but flexible. the thing is, I think they, they, it, it, it doesn't do that anymore. That was right. the right. idea, the concern, but it's not like that now. Although you do have to connect it to the internet the first time, like yeah, to get right. the new firmware update, but you doesn't have to stay online. Right. Um, I've been reading some stuff about it, and I think it's got a lot of strengths to it. But mm-hmm. I'm I'm not sorry that I chose the PS4. Yeah, I think people that um, you know, it sounds like the TV viewing and the way it integrates with certain cable systems and and some of that stuff is really really cool. Mm-hmm. If you're if you Dead Rising are, Three looks fun. Yeah, and if you're you know, you don't mind learning, you know, the whole voice command thing that there's a lot of cool stuff that it does that, you know, has not been, not been possible even with the earlier connect. Yeah. Um, or, you know, and then stuff they have with their camera where if you have more than one person in the room, it recognizes those people. And if you pass controllers, it'll automatically know it's the other person and, you know, things like that. So there's, there's definitely a lot of good stuff about, uh, the Xbox one, but, uh, Mm-hmm. For me and for for my, yeah, I don't really care about the TV related yeah. features mm-hmm. that, that the Xbox uh, has. So I'm uh, sure that when you have happy. like a bunch of kids running around in the room and you're trying to do this and that and pause and people are taking control and it, uh, because you know it's interesting. Like one of the things that they 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 talk about that they as as a big feature is that you can you can snap little apps. So like you have the game going. And then you pull over and it'll like it'll shrink the game just a little bit so that you have like a little screen that you could play TV on. Um, But I feel like even though I was just talking about playing a game while the TV's going at the same time, I feel like when I do that, I want to look back and forth. I don't want to see both of them simultaneously. And I guess I could just look back and forth with my eyes, but I feel like that would be more distracting yeah the the games that i play i can't do that because mm-hmm. the minute i look away i i i wind up dying 
And well, yeah. I mean, I would I usually mean, I would you know pause or something <clears throat> if I want to watch the show carefully right. for a moment. But yeah, but I think uh, you know both have sold over a million units. I think the PS the PlayStation's up to like two point something million sold. Well, and... the the problem right now though is that since both systems are actually sold out wherever they're being sold, mm-hmm. then then the number of sell you know units sold doesn't really tell you anything about popularity. It only tells you right. how many systems they've been able to put on the shelves. Right. right. And I think yeah, and uh, other people have said, well, you know, Xboxes in certain places are in thirteen different markets, whereas you know, Sony only released in the U.S. first, and it's like that doesn't matter because you know they released as many as they could release. It didn't matter <laughs> right. where they released them, and they were all sold. So it's yeah. it's doing pretty well for everybody, both. Everybody, uh, everybody's happy. Everybody's yep. happy right now. So yeah, I think I think you're not going to go wrong with either choice from what I've seen. You know, yeah. but uh, for depending on what you what you really want mm-hmm. or what you might be using them for, it. Uh, uh, PlayStation definitely was was a good choice for me. Yeah, and I think I think if 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 anyone is looking at either system and feeling like, oh, I'm not sure there's a specific game that is good enough to make me buy the system right now, I would say you're probably not wrong, and yeah. it wouldn't hurt you to wait. But that said, I'm certainly finding plenty to play on it. You know, to the point where I feel like I want to be playing it more than I have been able to. Um, but there are certainly plenty of games to play on it, and I'm I'm not regretting my purchase in the slightest. But that said, you know, like if none of the currently announced games look right. like they uh, will will work for you, you know, there's nothing wrong with waiting yeah. until there's a better one. Yeah, and then I'm, the other... I'm really looking forward to Infamous Second Son. Yeah, and that and that's the other thing. If if if, if there aren't any games out now that are really making you say, oh, I really want it, and the fact you couldn't buy one now anyway because they're all sold out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's no there's no games coming out for, the, like, the next three months of it mm. you know, at all. Well, there, there's, so, there's, a, there's a couple, but no no big ones. Well, they've got a couple of indie games coming out, but, yeah. like, there's no, like, retail box releases, they're, they're saying, like, for until January. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, like, the two big ones, like, Infamous for... For PS4 and uh, Titanfall uh, for Xbox One are like the two mm-hmm. most uh, anticipated games, and they're not coming out till February, March timeframe. So, mm-hmm. but see, like Titanfall, like this is just another like example of why I chose the way I did. Titanfall looks like an awful lot of fun, and it won't be on PS4, but it will be on PC. And right. I do also play games on PC, so that's not an exclusive that requires me to buy an Xbox One. Infamous, on the other hand, is only going to be on PS4. Yep. I I loved Infamous One and Two, so I can't wait for that one. Yep. So that was our gaming talk for the evening, and uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll come back to that once uh, Christiana and I have more time. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Well, I have like an no, hour's talk. worth of other stuff, and there's no way we're going to do any of it tonight. So yeah, I am. I <clears throat> give it, my time to the gentleman from Virginia. You could have you could have muted T at any time. No, yeah, you could not. No, you could not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, what was your topic? Well, no, I never mind. I 
There's a bunch. I'm just curious. We well, I mean, we a- did board games, and you guys were talking about JR. I got to play no, Velociraptor yeah. Cannibalism. Yeah. We played Hey, That's My Fish. We got the Cards Against Humanity expansion. We bought Avalon. We played with You bought Avalon? Yeah. You yes. bought Avalon? Oh, I've been wanting one. I want that one. So. Oh, he's excited now. Then JK, Cartoon Network. I see it. This is the end Avalon weekend coming up. Yeah. <laughs> been playing Android game. I mean, so. A lot I need to come out and visit you guys or something. Yes. I don't have anyone to play board games with up here. Yes, you do. So Tom's got a guest room. I did want to. <laughs> I did want to say, uh, or wanted to give you guys because you had talked about y'all did a gaming night, and I know there was at least one game we've talked about before that that we wanted to mm-hmm. bring up again. So, so T, what was your what was your your game of the night when you got to play with? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> it, it was great because when when Chooch and Viv came over for dinner. <clears throat> They didn't bring like a bottle of wine or a salad or anything. They brought games. And I'm just like, oh, they, brought the, they, brought, they brought the black box of games, didn't they? They the, did. The container. They did. It was a, well, it wasn't a box. It was more like a, more like a burlap bag. It was kind yeah. of cool. And I mean, um, well, you know, we, we pulled out Cards Against Humanity, which was, which was just a slice of awesome. You just can never go wrong with Cards Against Humanity. Uh, they pulled out another one going, called a really fun one called This Game Has Not Been Playtested, um, which is like a, I, I would call it a cleaner version of Cards Against Humanity. Um, and, but the, the winner, I would say the big winner, because Pip and I still talk about this game and we really, and we really want to get it for ourselves. I just can't pronounce it. Okay. Um, so we have been pronouncing it the way that it's spelled, the American English, with it, which D-I-X-I-T, which we've been just calling it Dixit because, you know, we're Americans, and that's about as far as we think about it. America. I don't think I've America. heard anybody else say it, but Dixit. I read somewhere that if you pronounce it uh, with a French accent, so it would be more like deceit. Ooh. But I haven't verified that anywhere. Okay. So it could just be Dixit. <laughs> but well, it's we'll, just, we'll, Dixit. Just go, we'll just go with the American version. Merca. Merca. Dixit. So Dixit um, is this great game where, um, and Pip and I are starting to get a little, we, we need to play it again so we can get better with the rules. Um, just let us I, know when. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're gonna have to find some time, if not before we leave for our for our trip after we get back. But um, uh, you basically get um that someone puts out a word. You have to put out a word of um you you say something like um like like dawn, and then everybody hands in a card face down. Well, they present a card. Wait, right? Exactly. Go ahead. Yeah. And then the person who who called who called the who called the name Dawn, basically you know shuffles the deck or, or shuffles the the cards they've been handed uh, you know underneath the underneath the table, and then every time you turn it over or turn over a card you say Dawn, 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 and then every time and but and the thing is the artwork on the cards are is just beautiful. It's the kind of artwork where you can just you can just sit uh, for like. I think part of the reason why it took us so long to play this game wasn't wasn't the the rules. We just wanted to stare at the cards, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, just just absolutely breathtaking. Of all the games that that uh, that that Chooch and Viv brought over that night, that was the one that made the biggest impression on us. It always does. I mean, everybody talks about Cards Against Humanities and Cards Against Humanity. Everybody wants to play it, but I mean, 
that game gets, you know, a little bit repetitive. They've got the expansions coming out, but every time we've played Dixit, it's just been like, okay, I can't wait till we can get an expansion and have even more cards to see because they really are so beautifully illustrated. And and the thing is, is that you start to see, you know, when 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 you say the word, and I don't know if that was in the rules or not. I think I think uh, that might I be think a Church household. and Viv said this is how we play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but when you when you say when you say it and you pr- present the card, I just remember every time someone put down the ca- put down their cards, they would go, ooh, yeah, ooh. <laughs> yeah. And and it was just because it was a it was just a, it was not only um just this beautiful display of color and imagery, but it was also a credit to the people that were playing the game. That, you know, because it was their creativity coming out saying, if I look at all my cards and I think Dawn, this is what I see. Right. It and really, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Some of it was some of it was really cool. Like there was one where uh, there was a one one card in particular. I thought it was somebody holding a firecracker or someone holding a rocket, and it was actually somebody. Um, it was actually it was actually uh, a lot, and or I can't, I think the I think the it was actually a hand, um, holding a torch. And going through a, a lot of water, and all you saw was the hand and the torch. Mm-hmm. And it was just—it was—I mean, just some of the, some of the artwork was just beautiful. <laughs> and then, and then to try to match, and then, and then the object of the game is you've got to figure out who said it. And if everybody guesses the person that said it, then everyone else gets scored. You do not. But then you know, so, so you're kind of trying to you're you're kind of trying to throw in uh, monkey wrenches. So it's like sure apples that, to apples with yeah. pictures instead of yeah. words is the way we usually describe it. It was, and it was just, it was a terrific game. So it's, um, if, if we're mispronouncing it, it's D I X I T. They will sell uh, it to you no here. matter how you pronounce it. Yep. Yeah. And they actually have it. We saw it. They have it at like target now. So yeah, the target game board game section is looking really nice these days. It's, I mean, yeah. pandemic is there yeah. too. Zombie dice. Um, Carcassonne, uh, Settlers of Catan. Yeah, Target's resistance. been doing pretty good. Target's, Target's getting Game getting of, up there. Game I mean, of Thrones card games. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, man, we almost. I, I, I still want. Target. I mean, I still want to support my local game store. Yeah. But you know, Target. Target knows. Target knows that they, they know. They're like, hey, you know what? We got to get the geeks in here too. Well, well for I mean, me, you, it's more about tuning in friends and family. They'll yeah. be at Target at some point, most yeah. likely. They're mm-hmm. not going to make a special trip to a game store. Right. That's so if they true. can just be browsing for Christmas presents for the kids or for, you know, a cousin and nephew yeah. or for themselves, if they're, you know, they're going to be at Target. So it's so yeah. a great way to turn on, I don't want to say middle America, but just, you know, non-geeks. It's, it's how to get everybody else. Oh, yeah, because those are some great games, all of them. It's very yeah. exciting. So to the see title of Dixit, I see here, it's actually Latin. It's Latin so now for she slash he said. Oh, okay. A frequent oh, wow. sentence beginning in old narrations. <sighs> huh. They really put some thought into this game. Yeah. They really did. So we, yeah, we love that game. Yeah. That was a, that was a pop, and one game we didn't get to play that uh, has become a favorite of the booms. We, cause we bought it on a whim uh, mm-hmm. from comics and gaming. It was the Pacific Rim card game. Oh yeah, and it's actually, and we thought, okay, this is gonna be kind of gimmicky. It's actually quite ingenious. It's it's like a combination of Clue 
and uh, and uh, it's its own kind of combat, random combat game. But uh, basically, what it is is you get two players, and uh, the the but you have to keep them secret. Only you know who the players are, and um, you have to position. You try to position other other uh, Jaeger pilots uh, to either you know collect what is called fame, collect fame, or uh, or you get damaged and you don't collect any fame. If you guess someone else's uh, someone else's player, you get half of their fame, and it's a it it's a, it it moves very very fast, but it's really kind of cool. It's a really really cool game, and it's uh it's it's a, it it really does play very well into the actual movie itself because in the movie they talk about how the uh, the Jaeger pilots became rock stars. And they became famous, and oh. well, that's the thing is that now you're one of the one of the Jaeger pilots. You're becoming famous, but the you know the kaiju are coming, and it's it's just it's really really <laughs> clever. Uh, and it's also it also makes you think because you got to be you got to figure out okay if I put this person here, they won't suspect that I'm actually this person, and mm. you know, and so so it's 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 a very multi for for a game that is based on a movie. Um, it's not gimmicky. It was actually, it was actually quite cool. It was actually cool. quite cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you feel about pushing your other board games discussion to another episode? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It is okay. getting a little late. <laughs> we've, we've hit, uh, Christiana's pumpkin time. So and my migraine uh, time. <laughs> yeah. So I'd like to thank T for joining us this evening. And, Thanks, uh, Big Papa. Yeah. yeah. Nice Always a up. pleasure to yep catch up with you, and uh, we got got lots of TV going on this week. Some new shows, or some shows took the week off, and uh, have some new episodes next week. So uh, we'll have a lot to talk about. And uh, was there any movies coming out this weekend? I don't remember. Um, but, um, well, December thirteenth is the Desolation of Smog. Ah, uh, yes, Hobbit so too, but that. that's another week. Mm, yep. Hobbit two, Electric Boogaloo. Um, <laughs> we are, yeah. I think that's probably going to be the only movie that we see the rest of the year. Don't I don't think, know. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys are planning on it or not, but Under I know games. that uh, uh, the next big event that we've got on the books is RavenCon. Mm. That's in, in April. April. That's mm-hmm. in April. Mm. Um, but I know that Pip and I have we're, we're we are making the time this year. We are going to RavenCon, and now that I've got a job, um, you know, I don't yeah. have to worry about that. I can actually go and you know go, go to Ravencon with a, with a clear conscience. <laughs> um, but if uh, but if but if at any time we're you know we five are are in the in the same vicinity, uh, <laughs> I think a game night would be in order. Righteous, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I see there is a couple movies. So uh, Frozen came out November twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see it. I've been hearing good things about it. Yeah, my kids saw it and they loved it. Uh, oh, that's good. Very much. Uh, they they haven't liked a movie like that uh, since Brave, probably. So it's been oh, a while. Wow. wow. So yeah. they really liked it. High praise. And yeah. then uh, you know, The Hobbit, December thirteenth. Um, Anchorman two. So it's not spec fic, but I know there's a lot of crossover for fans. Uh, December twentieth, <laughs> The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Christmas oh, Day. Right. I'm not sure what to think about that. I don't either. Just from the trailers, it seems clear that they're changing went, the, the original story pretty yeah. dramatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's not they're, necessarily a problem. It looks like they're forced gumping it almost. Yeah, yeah. But it look, see, it looks, I don't. It looks less. It looks less of the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and more like uh, 
you know, it starts off as Walter Mitty and then suddenly becomes a, uh, uh, I'm going to go find myself and it becomes, yeah. yeah. Because it's just so easy. <laughs> well, but the thing is, is like I can't help but wonder if maybe it's doing something a little quirkier and they're just having a hard time marketing it. Because some of the stuff we see seems unlikely enough that I feel like I'm not sure we're supposed to think that's even really happening. Right. Yeah, I, I think definitely I definitely want to see it, but I don't know if I'll be able to. Uh, from what I've seen, some from the long trailers and stuff, it's definitely like there's two movies going on, you know, what's, what's real and what's not and what's, you know, being right. But the trailer kind of implies that sometimes he sort of drifts away, but then he goes on a real adventure. That's kind of what the trailers make it look like. Oh, that's what the synopsis says too. And I'm I'm wondering if maybe no spoilers. Yeah. It's not even out yet. (laughs) Well, I just remembered another movie that's coming out around Christmas. Hmm. 47 Ronin. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. I kind of do too, although so. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just there's something about it that makes me suspicious of it. I don't. That's it's a weird <laughs> feeling. I'm not even sure where that's coming from. I, I honestly, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by it because apparently Keanu, uh, Keanu actually took Japanese lessons, mm. and they, and he had, he had a Whoa. dialect coach. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah but I, I got I got me, me some Keanu love. You know? He's Whoa. still he's the one again, and it's I don't know. I don't think well, he's the one. I don't think in this one he's the one. I don't like think it. he's I don't think he's the one. I think it looks good though. I'm just like I'm cynical. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am open to the idea. I like I. It's not a guaranteed opening night for me or or anything. But if I hear good things, I'll go see it. And uh, interesting kind of sure. tie-in on um, – oh, wait. What was the date? On November 1st, so just a month ago, um, Keanu Reeves directed a movie called Man of Tai Chi. Man of Tai Chi was supposed to be very, very good. Yeah. Um, and got – you know, that that he's getting a lot of respect from people from his directorial uh, – uh, prowess in in that type of movie, and a lot of the, I guess a lot of the martial arts was was choreographed by the same people that did the Matrix, and uh, so he pulled them in, and it, it's it was supposed to be really good. So okay, have to check that out eventually. Probably a video underground video rental. Club. Yep. Um. So yeah. Let's call it a night. So thanks, everybody, for joining (laughs) us or watching this after the fact. And uh, we'll see you next week on SpecFicMedia.com Presents Consumption. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to specficmedia.com presents consumption. If you'd like to send feedback, questions, comments, suggestions, complaints, you can email us at consumption at specficmedia.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 704-981-1SFM. That's 704-981-1736. 
you'd rather leave comments on our website, you can find posts for each show at specficmedia.com. This podcast is released under Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 3.0, unported license. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it. 